0: And welcome to We Have Such Films to Show You. Uh, this is episode 27 where we're talking about John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Since we've been talking about John Carpenter's The thing previously. And heck, we'll probably even get around to uh, In the Mouth of uh, Madness. I think that's In the Mouth of Madness. It's the title of the the is, Neil I, film, right?
1: Is it? I think so. It's. Uh, yeah. I, I don't remember who was Mouth of Madness and who was in the Mouth of Madness. It's,
0: well, and there's, there's the Mountains of Madness. from
1: Oh, look, am I thinking Mountains of Madness? Of, uh, I, right, I think, okay.
0: I've never read the actual uh original story, but uh this seems to be at least I read the with it.
1: dream quest of unknown Cadeth and I keep thinking I read mountains of madness but i haven't
0: i've I've actually read very very little lovecraft uh I should try and do that a little bit more because I haven't you know had enough weird uh you know racism in my <laughs> literature <lately. laughs> uh I am of course Josh Millard. Uh, this uh on the other side of the stereo field is of course Jakob grinberg what up got you, gotta oh, stop do you, saying do you that. have a s- <laughs>
1: Do you have us one in each like other ear? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I, I
0: pan it? just a little bit left and a little bit right to to create a, a little sense of separation there.
1: And now that I've admitted to not listening to the podcast,
0: it's a good policy. It's a good policy. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> be like us and just don't just 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 yeah. record it in the first place. It's much more efficient that way. Uh, I, I guess it's exactly so five
1: as minutes of typing.
0: Yep. <laughs> Uh, uh, we
1: noticed that from last week. After
0: yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> if we take a bathroom break, I'll remember to actually uh, cut out the bathroom break. There will time.
1: be no more bathroom breaks.
0: <laughs> and we've done it, see, we've even done it uh, successfully before. It just completely slipped my mind when I went to put together. Uh, and yeah, I feel a little bit bad about that. So sorry everybody had to fast forward through five minutes of that. I'm glad I didn't like sing any weird songs or anything. I mean... Just take an incredibly me? personal phone call. Yeah. <laughs> my God. No. When? when did, oh my God, I'll, I'll, I'll get on a plane right away. Then go back. Well, the I'm the East River. The East River. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness. Uh, you, did you see this before? No, no, I had not seen this before.
1: I had not seen it either. Uh, so, yeah, this is one of the, this is one of the um, Carpenter movies that I know very, very little about. Um, and I decided that instead of, you know, reading up on it before we start moving, I would just go into it completely blind, because it has been a very long time since I've gone t- into a movie completely blind. Like, the only thing I knew about this is that, you know, Satan is being summoned Somehow, and and that was it, which was – and it was actually really nice to just discover the movie with the – as the movie went on. I haven't done that since – I think *Children of Men* was the last movie I saw, having no idea what it would be about.
0: See, I um, like just as like a general matter of practice. Do you just tend to like to read up on something if you think you might want to see it, or is it just a side effect of reading a ton about movies in general, and you just sort of? Um,
1: it's 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 reading a ton about movies. It's you know keeping up on the newer movies. Although I try to do that less now, just because everything has spoilers in it, and I I I'm the kind of person that can't abide by spoilers in certain kind of movies. It just really pisses me off and ruins the movie for me. But only for Certain kinds of movies, um, and also I, I once in a while, like every two or three weeks, I'll just sit down and I will watch every single like trailer since the last time I'd done that. Uh, that's out on like you know trailers.apple.com, and I've been doing that for ten years. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I tend to know. And, you know, when I pick a new movie to watch, I, it tends to be like, you know, my wife will pick a movie that she has no idea what it's about. She'll read the Netflix blurb and she'll say, oh, let's watch this. And I'll be like, "Yeah, OK. Um, and me, like, I, I don't tend to go into movies not knowing what they are. So, like, even if it's on Netflix, I will watch the same movie three times before I pick, like, a new movie to watch uh, because I'm weird. And yes, yeah, so this is one of the few movies that just for some reason, in all my reading about Carpenter, this one never really caught my attention as much as the others. So I went into it, you know, I had I had even no idea about like the entire academic part of it, not a clue that any of about any of that. So that was a nice surprise.
0: Well, and not to not to spoil too much, some of my takeaway from the film, but it does not completely shock me that this is one that you had not heard a bunch about, incidentally. Uh, because i feel like it, there's a lot of interesting stuff in this and i'm glad i saw it yeah. and it's it it putting it in the context of the thing in particular uh uh but also in the mouth of Madness, which i have seen a couple times uh it, it's an interesting film but it's it's not nearly as satisfyingly, you know, like cohesive of a film to me than like the thing was like i feel like the thing did a really good job of doing what it was doing right. i feel like this sort of did some of the things the thing did less well and tripped on a couple things and, and basically it, it, it kind of got in the way of uh, me enjoying an actual pretty cool premise like I really enjoyed the 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 core idea of the film uh, but I feel like I didn't get as much of that core idea as I would have liked instead I got a lot of bunch of sort of kind of dumb hijinks and, and at times underwhelming effects yeah well, I mean one of my like I love John
1: Carpenter he's probably one of my favorite horror directors but one of my like numerous criticisms of him is that, like, the more ideas that he has to toy around with, the less, like, coherent the movie gets. Like, you could like, you know, you've got the thing, right? You've got a bunch of guys in an Antarctic base and there's the thing and it turns into people and kills them. Like, that is the... That is, you know, like the, the beginning and end of that movie. There's no, there's no mythos. There's no, like, there's no backstories to any of these guys that's at all relevant. The only thing is relative is, relevant is, you know, who they are at that moment in time and what's happening to them. And that movie is, for that, very good. Like, it's well paced. You know what's going on most of the time. And if you don't know what's going on, it's probably it's on purpose. On purpose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so you've got that on one end of like the Carpenter spectrum. On the other end of the Carpenter spectrum, you've got like Big Trouble in Little China, which is just—I <laughs> didn't that I was John Carpenter. That is John Carpenter, and that—I mean—I love that
0: movie. It's a mess. Actually, it's an absolute some things mess. about that movie make sense more now that I know that it's John Carpenter. Yeah, <laughs> some some, um, some of the weird effect shots that really don't seem like they flow super well, but it's kind of like mm-hmm. someone had an idea for a fun effect shot.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly w- what it is, um, and it's also got uh, what do you call it? Victor Wong and uh, Dennis Dunn in it, and uh, Kurt Russell, of course. No, oh, I wish Kirk Russell
0: was in this movie. With, oh, like a, with oh, I, like thought, a, I thought we were talking about Big Trouble in Little China.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about. Well, I'm talking about both of them. That, yes. that, that's, they're both in this one as well. Um, but yeah, so Big Trouble in Little China. It's it's a mess. It's you know you. People just do things, and it's supposed to, you're supposed to be, you're just supposed to go along with it, regardless of whether there's any impetus to do it or not. Um, and there's all of this like free floating mythology and like all these different things, none of which is really explained, which is, you know, for Carpenter, that's both one of his strengths and that he keeps you like alienated and keeps you distant to keep you scared of what's going on. And on the other hand, it's like, wait, what's going on? Because now, you know, it's not for them for the purposes of suspense. I'm just fucking lost. Yep. So yeah. And this movie sort of falls in between there. Yep.
0: And we'll get into that because by gosh, that's what we do on this podcast, I guess. I'm saying that like I'm gonna segue, but first. But I don't actually have a but first. I don't remember. I, there was something in the back of my head, but I can't remember what now. So it's just like it's just like the vestigial flapping around of my uh, uh, podcast tales. Yes. Yeah. I don't even. I don't even. Know, I don't even know where to go with saying that. I don't know where to go. So, <laughs> Prince of Darkness. Yes. Uh. So do you do you think you know what I, I thought is. Um,
1: this, this takes place in Neal University, which is – and it's supposed to take place in – it's Los Angeles, right? Or just somewhere like Los Angeles – oh, it's Long Beach. Where's
0: Long Beach? Is that part of Los Angeles? I, I don't know California very well. It, me neither. California. Um, Good enough.
1: Yeah, Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, smoggy California. Um, so, in like urban smoggy California. Uh, but, yeah, so it takes place at Neal University, which is a reference to an actor named Nigel Neal who uh wait, is he an actor or a writer um either way he was involved with a series of movies starring this guy uh starring a character named Alan uh Bernard Quartermass it's Bernard Quartermass right the Quartermass experiment and uh Quartermass in the pit I, I it was don't a series know. of Okay, it was a series of like British horror movies about like un- scary unknown things coming from space and crashing on Earth and having to stop them. It's like it was one of those types of horror movies okay. from um, the fifties. Uh, and so that's also uh, Carpenter wrote this movie, but he's credited as I think Alan Quartermass. Oh, I kind of wondered about like that. This. Yeah, yeah. So that's just a pen name for him. Um, not sure why he. <laughs> used the specific. Oh, now we, now we can't blame
0: someone other than John Carpenter then.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely not. This is this is Carpenter, um, you know, through and through. Uh, yeah, and I, I was like, you know, I, I, I thought it was – if this was a movie about Miskatonic University, it would make just as much sense um, from what he called the Lovecraft mythos. Like if these yeah. were students at the university where this sort of stuff routinely happened <laughs> – you wouldn't be able to tell the difference, considering how everybody reacts to the events. Well, you know,
0: I, I was so befuddled by these students, like, 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 like. In part, I feel like these are probably like these are like grad students, right? Grad, yeah, post grad. I mean, you know, yeah. for one thing, because they're all easily in their twenties. <laughs> uh, but you know, even ignoring the rule of 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 movie kid ages, uh, it just seems like if you're an undergrad, a professor whose class you just took your first class of doesn't get to say, okay, all 12 of you need to s- cancel all your plans for the weekend and come live in this church with me. Like that's, that's,
1: that's a graduate. Yeah, student. That, yeah
0: exactly. So, and one of them's married, which I mean, it
1: happens in undergrad, but it's, 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 but, it's rare. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: But, but the thing is nonetheless, the, 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 the professor in question, uh, we literally see them on apparently their first day of class, and for some of them, one of whom uh, the the Asian student, um, I, I, this is another movie, right? yeah, Walter. I had a hard time caring about anybody's name in this movie for the yeah. most part. Uh, but uh, what Walter comes out of like that first, you know, intense lecture from from uh, Professor Barak, uh, Victor Wong's character, um, comes out of it apparently totally befuddled by the basic concepts of uh, quantum physics. In the same breath that he's talking about, why did I decide to get a PhD in this again? And he's yeah, kind of already been a far grad down the route. So yeah, yeah. I mean, if, you were, if you're into graduate studies aiming for a PhD and just now, A, encountering the idea of quantum physics, and B, considering whether you're going to be able to get that PhD in <laughs> physics... What the fuck is going on? It's like, that's something like an eighteen year old come, you know, comes out of the <laughs> yeah. first class, you know, freshman year at college saying, you know, you're kind of in trouble here. I, I I really I really like the idea of like a bunch of academics interacting with a weird phenomena that turns out to be something huge and blah, 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 blah. You know, basically yeah. what this movie does narratively speaking or tries to do. But I really, really didn't buy a, like like half of these Academics as academics, they yeah. seem like I people who showed up to read questionable lines.
1: Yeah, it, it's a it's a lot like a Prometheus in that way, where just like everybody has a job, but none of them do it, yeah. and it, it doesn't matter that that's their job. See, so, yeah, you know, these are a bunch of grad students in a bunch, you know, in a bunch of different fields too, and they're all just taking a birax class, which is in. I don't know, advanced blowing your mind seminar. Yeah. Like he just yeah, the, the the whole classroom scene is just him talking about things that you think are true but aren't, and just ends it with, Because that sort of thing breaks down the subatomic level. And I'm like, I have no idea what class this is. They well, never yeah, go back to another classroom. It, 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 scene. it really
0: feels like it's like intro to to quantum physics or something. I mean he's really sort of doing the hey, classical mechanics doesn't work when you look close enough. And that's great and all and
1: but then one of them says it's like, you know, Barack wants philosophers, not mathematicians. I'm just like, yeah. what? So I was just trying to figure
0: out what the hell yeah, he I was teaching. I don't know. I will I say – I mean,
1: I, I chalk it up to just Carpenter being not terribly familiar <laughs> with academia. <laughs> yeah, it's just not just like-
0: like, yeah, it's like more of a thing where he's like, what if rather than, hey, based on my years of experience with this, I'm going to tell the story of it. Yeah. Um, like, if this was a bunch of,
1: like, plucky high school students, it would make slightly more sense. Yep.
0: Well, you know, I was watching this and I was thinking, you know, Netflix should really have an extremely niche genre called uh, Young Academics Get Into Trouble. That, like, this movie could be a good example of. Flatliners, another, another good example, a bunch of med students basically uh, getting into trouble. Timeline. Uh, I've never seen Timeline.
1: Don't. Okay. <laughs> it's not good. It is I'll, not a good movie. I'll, but I'll,
0: I'll get it. right not on that. Um, uh, I, I guess you could say. You ever see the Last Supper? Uh, a bunch of uh, students, a bunch of like, I think graduate students living in off-campus housing or something. Uh, they accidentally uh, they 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 bring a like. Uh, Hitchhiker, or a guy whose truck broke down, or something in uh, for dinner. Like it's just like six of them or eight of them living in a house together, uh, and then some like redneck trucker's truck breaks down or something like that, and mm-hmm. he comes in from the rain. They they have him sit down for dinner because they were just about to sit down for their their dinner anyway, and they talk to him, and and somehow things escalate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is all the opening of the movie. Um, th- th- things end up escalating with this guy. Uh, and he pulls a knife on someone. I think really, like, I mean, he's, he's coming off creepy and weird, mm-hmm. but, but the idea is basically that he pulls a knife on someone to kind of get into a really, really high stakes proving a point sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then someone else kills the guy and um, uh-huh. you know, what may or may not have been a defensible choice. But it is definitely like a guy has a knife to someone's throat and someone else tries to do something about it. But they end up burying the guy in the backyard instead of reporting it to the police. And then they end up deciding that what they did was actually probably moral and correct. And it turns into a, let's bring in people who we think we will find are morally indefensible and then let's kill them and bury them in the backyard of our house. And it just sort of goes from there. Uh, and the the whole thing is very intentionally sort of like trying to play with the idea that on the one hand, these are sort of like, you know, maybe supposed to be the sympathetic characters at the beginning, but at the same time, they're doing this terrible thing and sort of arch commentary on like maybe ivory tower liberalism. But, uh, so it's a good movie. It's not, it's not quite a horror movie exactly, but it's sort of a little bit of a gloomy existential indie Thing and dark comedy and, hmm. but yeah, it's, it's it's worth seeing anyway. So that I uh, really took the momentum out of this. Let's say <laughs> movies in this genre a bit, but uh, but yeah, no, I feel genius. like that's a uh, yeah, I guess so. Real genius is it's a little screwball. I feel like it's like screwball first and foremost.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's that kind of movie. Yeah. It's it's the kind of movie that it is, like weird science or um mannequin. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure. out... Uh, anyway, <laughs> it? what movie are we doing? Uh, Prince, Prince of Darkness. Darkness. Um, where the hell were we? Uh, we, we, um, we, we were talking we were just about getting um, started. Is where yeah. We were. We were class about, yeah. that didn't make any sense. Um, academics getting into trouble, and they have access to a lot of equipment. Oh yeah. Considering there was like eight or nine of them at most, there was like there was there was the five people from or the five or six people from Barack's class. Barrack, some other professor. And his two or three guys or, uh, and yeah. So yeah, it was maybe like, it was less than a dozen people in total and you know, like millions of dollars in like hardware from like eighties hardware too. You know, it's nice and bulky and, and everything's white.
0: And we got to see some nice uh, computer screen stuff being typed on it, you know, bringing that from. Everybody a, uses yeah. the same
1: text editor, regardless of whether they're <laughs> typing in differential equations or translating a book.
0: And there's no information or, or UI on the text editor. It's just text, just yeah. scrolling by as you type.
1: Center justified, yep. middle of the screen. But hey, what uh, do you do?
0: Yeah. <laughs> At least there were no long lingering close-ups on you know, Atari graphics uh, cell assimula- assimilation. Uh, simulations so that's yeah. true
1: and uh, i mean there was um one big effect which was the 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 the, the ooze chamber yeah. um, and that you know that that was pretty good whatever you know most of the time the effect, the that effect was in focus this isn't this wasn 't really a effects heavy movie um towards the end uh, like toward like the very end like the last ten minutes um it gets a little heavier but mostly it's it's just um Ambiance and, and and you know, people sneaking up behind people and being very quiet. Yeah. Uh, but um yeah, no, the effects that they did have were good. I, I when you know, when you see the big glowing, swirling chamber of green evil, that's you know, it's it it looks like what it's supposed to be. And it's, you know, the um the the, the, the sets were, were nice, like the sets that you know you we, were you were meant to pay attention to. Like it's the it's like this the centerpiece. The altarpiece? Would it be like an altarpiece? In in just this big altar with like lit candles and all this Christian iconography and right yeah, in the middle of it is of this crucifixes. like tons of crucifixes. Yeah, tons of crucifixes and you know right in the middle is this like Swirling green chamber, and then they also get all of the the uh, computer equipment in there, so that that actually turns into a really nice set. Yeah. Um, I very much enjoyed like all of the scenes that took place down there.
0: Yeah, no the, the, that that was a that was a nice set. Uh, the, the the use of sort of like uh, what's going on over on your mic <laughs> there's all this clacking. Um, uh, the uh, oh, what the hell is I gonna say? Uh, the, the use of the set, the, 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 the use of sort of like a churchy environment to, mm-hmm. to give an excuse for big loft ceilings, uh, yeah. you know, the, 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 you got to say that for a, a church, it, it makes a pretty decent uh, imposing yeah. set in a film. Um, and, yeah, and I mean, but and
1: the the odd thing about this movie is that I actually enjoyed um, was that for all of the churchy stuff and for all of like the Satan's coming stuff, very little of it actually matters. Um, like, you know, take, for example, the prophecy, you know, where, um, oh, you know, not the prophecy. That's a bad one. The exorcist. Take, for example, The Exorcist, where like the power of Christ does compel things, and the crosses work, and the praying does stuff. In this movie, it's it's not that it's you know religious supernatural, but the religion part doesn't really take place in it. It's sort of
0: the- well, and that's that's I mean that's part of the central thesis of the film, right? That's that's the big mm-hmm. reveal about the nature of this uh, container and and of the uh, the Prince of Darkness is mm-hmm. that uh, the idea that uh, Jesus came here to save the world from sin by being the Son of God, and blah 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 was all just a snow job by the Catholic Church um, to, to to cover over the fact that what actually is apparently going on is that's a tube full of some sort of extraterrestrial being that's seven million years old, and they're just sort of keeping it covered up because they know a bad thing will happen if it gets out. Right. So, so it's it's a whole It's a, it's a wonderful sort of like, you know, or, or, or horrifically heretical, I guess, if you know about it. But it's, it's a great sort of twist where, where the religion doesn't matter because there is like literally no religious basis for any. Like, like this movie basically says, oh, no, 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 no. There is no, there is no traditionally understood Christian God. Jesus was, in fact, some sort of, uh, prophet of the apocalypse brought on by the escape of an alien being from its containment field. Uh, that uh, the church just sort of papered over and said no, no, no. He was saying God is good and you know repent your sins. Um, and I thought, and I, yet, yeah, no, I, I just, I just thought that was kind of great because it, it kind of took away all of a sudden. The film doesn't even need to worry about saying you know yes, but how does this jibe with you know you know the religious teachings? Because it's just kind of it's like no, it doesn't. It's no, no, no. This is this is completely unrelated. This is uh, this is something else entirely. Yeah, and... Um, which yeah, that, at least, was, that was that was my take. I mean, that was, that was what I took from, from, from listening to them sort of getting into when they were decoding the text and figuring stuff out. I mean, was that the impression yeah, you got? Yeah,
1: that, that's the impression I got. And then from, you know, the the the, the priest is never named, right? Is, is he, he? Yeah, I... He's always I, I, just referred to as father. And yeah, all yeah, of his credits are as priests. Yeah. So, yeah, and I mean, you know, he clearly still believes in God at the end, but then, you know, he... He also like w- like readily admits to it. It's like, yep, yeah, it was all just, it was, you know, it was a cover story. You know, we've been keeping it from you, which is, you know, I it it, it works when you know you're watching a movie um, that you know, like the whole thing, like the the whole. Uh, I mean, I guess it was just all of Christianity. That was just like, yeah, it's it's totally not what happened. Um, you know, it's it's sort of a. It works when you're, when you're when you're watching a movie and you don't think about it too much, but um, you know, like all of the iconography is still there, and he still prays at the end, and you know, it's it it doesn't completely discount the fact that something is going on, but that it just doesn't have any effect on it, uh, the events of the movie because they're just wholly separate. Yeah.
0: Well, and and I mean, if you want to get into sort of uh, theological stuff, I don't think there's necessarily. I, I, I don't think that I would necessarily think that uh, Donald Pleasant's priest character would suddenly have a total crisis of faith just because the news that this particular thing was a snow job. Because I mean, you, you could make an argument that there's a well, this is this is a little bit of a stretch because part of the problem here is that the implication from the prophecy stuff that they're decoding is that Jesus was really. Uh, Completely other you? than he, than he, than what you know we are told he was, which is that's a little bit more problem because like undermining the whole notional parenthood of of Jesus thing is is a, a big deal. But but in general, the idea that there's a revelation that some sort of evil dates back to seven million years ago is not totally incompatible with a, a more flexible interpretation of uh, sort of the history of of the world and of religion's place with that. Because I mean you'll. you'll certainly there are uh plenty of people who per, you, know, you, know, you know stick to a no no really the earth is 6000 years old sort of thing but there's lots and lots like i i would say presumably a whole lot more uh christians in the world at this point who you know basically feel like okay yes we can accept that there's a level of metaphor in some of the storytelling in the bible and that the world is actually you know however many, you know, billions of years old, but that the, the story of the, you know, creation of man is still, you know, figuratively true and, you know, represents what, what God had meant for us and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that sense, you can say, oh yes, but actually Satan's an alien, uh, from 7 million years ago and say, okay, well that's, that's fine. It's, it's a little bit detail. We sort of, you know, uh, rearranged a little bit in the, in the official, uh, you know, guidebook, but, uh, but sure, um, That was a very wandering way to say that I can buy the idea that Donald Pleasance would still, like, not immediately have a total abandonment of faith in the face of this crazy revolution. Yeah, I mean, nothing in this movie would... would
1: like disprove the existence of you know God as God. It just you know disproves the exists. Disproves you know um, Satan as being you know uh, whatever it, is. it would, is. Is his canonical origin story the the one where he falls from heaven? I, was that in the Bible? Is yeah, I, that- I don't.
0: I don't. I can never remember exactly how much detail there is, but there, there's a lot more pop culture and sort of like you know uh, sort of surrounding theory of Satan than there is Satan in the Bible. But I can't. I can never remember exactly how much. Uh, there is in the Bible. Um, but one yeah. of the things, I, I guess one of the things I like about this is I, I like even the fact that you can pretty easily take the stuff going in here and just sort of with a, uh, a little bit of stretch, tie it into biblical prophecy stuff and say, hey, oh, maybe maybe this is actually just you know a clear description of the same thing they are describing if you want to yep. you know, believe that there's a basis for that. Uh, like, like Lucifer, let's talk about Satan, Lucifer, the light bringer. Uh, this all starts after a supernova, where light from very, very <laughs> far it. away in the in the galaxy uh, reaches us uh, for the first time, and that's when this uh, cylinder spins up, right? So, so mm-hmm. maybe the supernova is, in a sense, that is the light bringer, you know, that's bringing us this light from afar and and activating this this situation. Uh, but even beyond that, the idea that uh, uh, satan was a fallen angel um so he fell from heaven heaven is clearly not actually just somewhere several miles above the earth you know uh, so you know arguably speaking heaven is a dimension in its own right so the idea of crossing over uh into darkness to retrieve the father of satan as becomes the major antagonistic goal of the bad guys in the film mm-hmm. uh that could be just uh, completely analogous to how it would work if you are trying to get a hold of God, you know, you know, reaching through to another dimension that is heaven, you know. So all this stuff, I feel like it could sort of, like, slot right into some of the basic theological framework and still uh, still sort of work. So, yeah, I don't know. Those are thoughts I had. I don't, I don't know how to organize them, <laughs> apparently, this morning, but those are some thoughts I had about the whole thing.
1: You know, no, that, that totally makes sense that this is just, you know, uh, I mean, I've watched every season of ancient aliens um and there's six of them now uh and and one of the just the ongoing things in there is like all right you know this is the, the these are like the this is what the bible says or this is what like this ancient um what do you call it ancient uh, creation myth says it's like what if it was actually aliens with ray guns and spaceships and you know this is what they meant and this movie is basically just uh, you know goes uh, along the same lines of logic it 's like you know all right, so Satan was here, and he was terrible. What if it was aliens, and you know that 's what we get. We get you know some sort of alien uh fluid that you know um, needs a host body to become conscious and can control uh simple organ which was uh, that was did, did you notice that the, the the um I found that slightly. I don't want to say offensive, but kind of odd. Where he's just like, yeah, you know, they, he he can control simple things like insects and homeless people. But you know,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't. That that seemed really problematic. <laughs> the whole yeah. the whole homeless people as menacing, you know, manifestation of yeah. Satan's power thing. Like I I, I was a uh, mixed feelings, but mostly it just felt like something. we like, really, this does feel like uh, something of, I guess, maybe you know, the eighties you know, that I, I I think I would blanch more at someone doing it in a, a brand new film in such the same way, because it really felt like yeah. homeless people were just a convenient, fungible uh, commodity in the vicinity of this church, and then Satan needed them, so he turned them on, and now we've got a, a mob of homeless people uh, that no one else seems to notice, and I know, yes, you can make the social commentary thing, of course, people don't notice them, well, because we're trying not to notice them, because we feel guilty, blah, 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 but literally someone standing still like a crowd of people standing still staring in one direction for hours at a time. I feel like that is – at that point, you notice. At that point, someone reacts to this. But uh, we never get a clue that anyone in the outside world is like aware of any of this. And I guess you could say maybe there's also some sort of weird satanic uh, mind-your-own-business field that operates on anybody who's not homeless or an ant. But uh, that, that's a lot of caveats to throw out just to justify what did feel a little bit like – Yeah. But yeah, Alice Cooper as a homeless guy,
1: yeah. So that, that was, was pretty sweet. That was that was entertaining.
0: I believe I wrote um, in my notes in all caps. Holy shit, is that Alice Cooper?
1: Yeah, I didn't realize it until after. I'm just like, this looks really familiar. I've seen that actor somewhere. It's like, oh, okay. That that actor <laughs> is Alice Cooper. All right. That makes that makes sense. Um, you know what? Yeah, this 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 movie has like a lot of those '80s vestiges of you know just like trying to. Trying to be, you know, either either edgy or colloquial, and just sort of falling flat, and at the same time, like trying to. I mean, you know, it, it's got it's got the thing where you've got like a character who is clearly has an ethnicity, which in this case would be Victor Wong, and his name is uh, his name is Howard Barak. Um And you know, it just reminds me of like all the other times that they they they've done that. Uh, you know, ev- basically every Schwarzenegger role. You know, his name John Kimball... Uh, John, wait, what's his name in Commando? John Matrix?
0: I think so. Yeah, theory, that's yeah. it.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's just one of those things where they're simultaneously pointing out and erasing an ethnicity from characters, and it makes sense in some ways, and in some ways it's kind of odd. Yeah. And, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's got that. You know, it's got, it, 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 like, uh, at one point Walter tells, like, an odd quasi-racist joke. Like, it's not like racist <laughs> racist, but it's it's kind of racist. Well,
0: yeah. Well, um, the worst thing is it's like, oh, yeah, it, it was a dumb joke and he didn't even tell it well. I hated every moment of Walter in this film. I gotta really? say. I really did not enjoy him. He felt like... <sighs> see, I was really... Uh, yeah, I, 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 I feel like... I don't know if it's Walter... I don't know if it's the actor's fault or just John Carpenter's yeah. writing's fault, but, like almost all of his lines didn't work for me. And to be fair, I didn't like the dialogue in this movie, just in general. Like, yeah, the whole was, thing just like felt like a, it, it felt like what someone thought someone should say before someone else who was able to polish up dialogue, got their hands on it. Like it really feels uh, like,
1: yeah, just as a note, the Walter is played by uh, Dennis Dunn, who was also Wang in big trouble in little China. If uh, you have seen big trouble in little China and haven't seen, um, Prince of Darkness. That is the guy we are talking about. See, and
0: I don't remember being annoyed by him in, in that, although it's been a few years. He was
1: a lot less annoying in that one. Yeah, I, I, the think, I think the character the in here character here is was just obnoxious. <laughs> He was obnoxious. He was, he, was he was supposed to be a pain in the ass, and he was a pain in the ass a little too well. He wasn't like. They, they clearly tried to make him, like, you know, an endearing pain in the ass, but he really doesn't do much except get stuck in a closet. Yes. Um, that's, you know, he gets stuck in a closet and he's able to observe the transformation of the. Uh, of the grad student who was possessed by the green liquid into you know the the, the prince of darkness that is that that's the character right and he's trying to get his father who's Satan out
0: yeah yeah, so, yeah as that as, was... well, or or maybe he's maybe the prince of darkness is Satan and the guy who's getting out is you know you know Satan senior I was I was never totally clear on that Yeah, they,
1: I mean because because the movie's called Prince of Darkness but at one point they're just like all right get this so Satan's father. Traps him in like a thing and sends him to Earth. That was clearly supposed to be the, you know, the green glowy thing. So yeah, yeah, they do mention like Satan's father. So yeah, and but then you know when um you know the possessed lady is pulling him out, like you see, like if
0: it's a real scene, so yeah. spoiler alert, yeah,
1: it, it's like it, it looks like it's going to be you know like you know pitchfork and 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 you know. Spiky tail Satan because he's got like the big red arms with the big black claws on them and you only ever see the hand but you know I, I figure like she was going to pull out of there you know like a a really like you know pitchforky kind of Satan um, yeah. which would be entertaining or maybe I maybe sort like to see that. See, and
0: I was thinking more like a Diabloy sort of Satan. Like I wasn't, I wasn't well, like quite big, imagining Yeah, I wasn't imagining yeah, like uh, pencil mustache and 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 pitchfork so much as like yeah big. Ten foot tall red uh, horned ogre, sort of. Look.
1: Yeah, yeah, that 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 makes a bit more sense. But it was it was definitely not going to be like some sort of strange unknown thing from the depths of space. It was yeah. going to be he was going to be you know a figure we were familiar with.
0: Yeah, which which I mean I kind of like the idea that he the nature of him is very different from what we expect. But the image is all based on some actual like long long seven million year old memory or <laughs> whatever. Which <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Yeah, um, shit. My my attention span. I swear to God. Okay, well, let me say just a completely other thing while we're talking about things from the movie, so that I don't just stall. Uh, We're looking in the notebook. So, so the movie opens with the old man dying. He's got a tiny treasure chest, and he was there to see uh, somebody. Well, there? Oh, his
1: eminence, uh, one, uh, a cardinal. Oh, okay. He's waiting for... They, they keep referring to him as, like, the cardinal, but I think there's more than one. Well, the
0: local cardinal of that oh, okay, region, that I guess, sense. let's assume. Whoever the cardinal over right. Long Beach is. Um. I'm
1: picturing, like, a, uh, what do you call it? like a cardinal with, like, long blonde hair with a surfboard <laughs> and, like, board shorts. Sup, Rob? Uh-huh. Peace be with you. <laughs> that is Long Beach's
0: cardinal. His name's Bradley. Well, you can call him Brad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Killer wives today. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. Um, <laughs> so, so, so they 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 find the key that unlocks the, the the secret room that the Satan tube is in. But they also Donald Pleasance is looking through uh, the guy's notebook. And mm-hmm. there's some, some handwritten notes, and there's a reference to the Brotherhood of Sleep that turns out to be the order that's basically in charge of this uh, cylinder and that this old guy was, I guess— And who do a,
1: not report to the Vatican.
0: Yes, secret. Yeah, they're, they're a, a, a cell, a, a separate cell. Um, but it's got the Brotherhood of Sleep, so they mind this cylinder. And there's a line in there that says, the sleeper awakens. So my not theory yeah, yeah. is this movie is a Dune prequel. About the eventual evolution of the Orange Catholic Bible,
1: that that makes very much sense, and uh, yeah, this is um, what do you call it? I guess at some point the Bene Gesserit just take over yep. the order.
0: Yeah. So yeah. So th- so there you go. Um, that's the answer to everything. And and in fact, okay, the the red haired girl who mm-hmm. seems like uh, a problem at the very end. Maybe what she does is she manages to come back as a, a racial memory in, the, in mm. the line of her descendants. Like she's got a kid we don't know about. And so she's, she's like the original reverend mother uh, and she appears in every uh, racial memory going forward. And that's where the transmission comes from. The transmission is actually made later on by Bene Gesserit's trying to deal with this particular situation, sending it back in time. Uh, like ten thousand years from the future. That's probably. I think. I think we figured it all out.
1: The only reason, because ten thousand years into the future, like all of the events of this, just caused like a serious problem with spice mining for about a year, and they're just like, uh, we got to avoid this. This year really killed us. <laughs> yeah, can we? On. Can we send something back in time? Yeah. It's like uh, let's tell them we're coming from nineteen ninety nine. That's the future to them, right? Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed the fact that the message. You know the. The technology that you know needed to beam something into somebody's dreams comes from 1999.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's it's a little bit weird because yeah, I, I, I kind of assumed it was going to be farther in the future, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, let's let's talk about the moon just briefly because this is probably something that a lot of people have complained about watching this movie. But I want to complain about it too. What the fuck is going on with the moon in this movie?
1: It, it looked like they were just. It was constantly uh, what do you call it? Constantly trying to to, you know, tell the viewer or show the viewer without telling the viewer that, uh, there's an eclipse coming, but an eclipse never comes. And just once in a while, everybody like looks up into the sky and there's, uh, there's the sun that's about to set. And you know, like the L- like, you know, the gorgeous LA f- smog sunset that happened. I mean, I'm not being sarcastic. Like the sunsets in Los Angeles are gorgeous because all the smog just like lights up with sunlight, um, and then there's, you know, a sickle moon, um, which is very big. Like, it, it's the, in the sky. It is the same size as the sun. And they look like they're about to, you know, come together, but they never do. And they, this image is shown a couple of times. It's just like, all right, you know. There's going to be an eclipse. It's like this is the kind of movie where an eclipse would be a thing that matters, but it never comes.
0: Yeah, and and, and a couple things about this. One, we we see that sickle moon. We see that, that crescent. Mm-hmm. But but if the moon was that close to the sun in terms of alignment in the sky, you wouldn't be able to see – first of all, you wouldn't be able to see the goddamn reflection of the sun off the moon because the sun right. is there and it's a whole lot brighter than reflection. So the, you just yeah. wouldn't be able to see the moon. I mean in practical fact, the moon is up – that close to the sun sometimes, you know, on a semi-regular basis. Uh, yeah. and we just don't see it because we're not seeing any light glinting off of it. And it's just off in the darkness of space. And we're seeing the sun lighting up our atmosphere. Uh, so if the moon was there, you wouldn't be able to see it,
1: but well, if you were
0: able to see it, you wouldn't see such a significant chunk of it, uh, lit up lighter than the rest because it's almost in line with it. There'd be the tiniest, tiniest, uh, like sliver thin crescent of 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 outline, maybe. Uh, so so basically, we're seeing something that you would never see, that wouldn't look like that if you could see it. And the thing is, in between a couple of those, the the, the movie opens with a shot of the full moon. And then a little bit later, we get Victor Wong looking up at the sky and seeing the sliver of the moon that doesn't work close to the sun. And then a little bit later, we get a fucking full moon again. And as far as I can tell, this is not intended to be showing the passing of time. And maybe it is, and the movie just fails so completely (laughs) at that that we don't find out that it's supposed to be like a month and a half going by in this opening five or ten minutes or whatever. But yeah, it makes just zero fucking sense to me and I I don't know what was going on there I don't know if this is a failure of of editing after the fact or what but it feels like the full moon shots were all just total inserts that could have gone away without a problem you know the movie would not lose anything from that Uh, and yet the movie doesn't seem to do anything with the confusion it's introducing there either so I don't know what the hell if there was intent there that's just not getting through to me or if John Carpenter doesn't understand how the moon works or, or what's going on
1: Well, I I think that your notions of astronomy fall apart on the subatomic
0: level, and that's where this movie takes place. (laughs) What if this entire movie is just a quark inside a molecule of Satan? Because at one point, the priest does go
1: on about how, like, Satan, he's in, like, the smallest spaces. He's in the parts between the atoms. And what if, you know, that the, the you know, inside and outside of that church just has some sort of, you know, field where quantum mechanics becomes regular mechanics? Oh, good. And, uh, yeah, and so, you know, you look at the sun and, it's, it's a, and the moon and you can see the moon and the sun because atoms make us see things
0: the moon is actually just an electron and the sun is uh
1: yeah we're in one of those like niels bohr models of the atom but it's planets instead of atoms yeah this is just uh, uh you know the uh, what do you call it the the solar system is just a really dense uh atom of uh i don't know what has no you can't i, I don't think you can have electrons like that in an atom. I think there's supposed to be a number of them. Anyway, uh, that's where this movie takes place.
0: Right. Okay. I'm glad we got that sorted out. Um, there there was a thing in this uh, the opening of this film does vignettes interrupted by black screen uh, credits. Yeah. Uh, which I thought, a, a, as far as a way of trying to set things up and and sort of set a slightly fractured, weird mood, worked perfectly well. But it, it struck me as interesting because that is how the 2011 uh, thing remake. Uh, closed out and did the bridging stuff into uh, the story from Carpenter's yeah, the thing. That's true, um, and I don't remember that from Carpenter's film at all. But no. I might, be, might be forgetting. But anyway, I, it just struck me as as, as wondering if whoever made the twenty eleven film was like thinking of, oh, but remember that thing they did in Prince of Darkness? I really like that and threw it in as an intentional structural homage to Carpenter if it just they happened to do the same thing.
1: Yeah. I mean it's a it's a it's a good way to indicate to people that they're still watching the prologue. So yeah. it's yeah, it's it's a good way to just like sort of block the prologue off from like the actual beginning of the movie without it being, you know, obviously some sort of like device which is um actually i just watched uh the talented mr ripley uh a little while ago which is really really good like especially if you like hitchcock movies it's a really
0: I, wonderful i should movie. rewatch it again i saw it about the time when it went out uh but i haven't seen it since
1: yeah it's uh, it's i very much enjoyed it and um yeah the opening credits to that thing are like 25 minutes long, because, you know, you're just watching the movie, you're watching the movie, you're watching the movie, and then there's like another three names, and then you're watching it, and you're watching it, and then like, you know, a couple minutes later, another name or two. So I'm glad this one was paced better than that. Um, also, I like the fact that, you know, like, the uh, ostensibly, like, the main like character would be, I mean, it would be Brian Marsh, right? The Captain Mustache?
0: Yeah, Jesus.
1: So yeah. he spends the prologue just stalking a girl? Did you, did you
0: notice that? Yeah, no, no, yeah. I, I didn't like anything about this guy. I feel like this, this could have been if you move things around a little bit. Maybe this, maybe this film is a prequel to the thing, and he's so he, he ends up he ends up uh, getting. Uh, Burnt bad by his own shittiness as a human being and maybe also <laughs> commits some sort of major crime. And so he starts life over. He changes his name. He grows a beard and he moves to the Antarctic to work there because he can't fucking deal with how badly he's screwed up his life in you know, normal <laughs> civilian life because he's such a goddamn creeper. Everything about the guy is awful. And he's clearly (laughs) supposed to be our leading man. Like he's really, he's supposed to be the guy that we're like, Oh yeah. And he's like, he he he's a sexist, he makes a joke about hey, I'm a confirmed sexist and proud of it when he's finally getting the redhead to talk to him.
1: And then she calls him out and he's just like, Hey, I was just joking and and you know that the part he's joking about is the fact that he's proud of it. Yeah, uh, But it's not yeah. the other part.
0: And, and the whole thing feels so fucking it's like it's like the worst sort of like vague manly bullshit stuff, but being played completely straight and I I mean I don't know. I, I it really made it hard. To get behind any sort of character-driven narrative in this film when the guy who's being set up as our like lead dude is such a douchebag. And and maybe maybe in 87 this really read differently. You know, maybe this had a didn't have the same feel, and this is just literally what happens when 30 years go by and shit gets a little bit better in terms of just basic relationship and and gender relation stuff. But Jesus Christ, I mean this guy was he was horrible. He was really fucking unpleasant. bad. And that mustache didn't help. I yeah, mean, all, the
1: way, all the way at the end of the movie, when he's looking in the mirror, he just strokes his mustache <laughs> as if that's where the evil will come from before he reaches out to touch the mirror. He just sort of like lovingly like, strokes one side of his mustache. And it, it was a good mustache, I have to say. That was You don't see mustaches like that in movies very often it, unless it, somebody's playing a vaudeville villain
0: or a cop i mean it's a great it, oh, yeah, it's, that it's, it's, it's a great uh, you know gay cop mustache. i guess it's basically
1: I, you know what? i think it went out a little further than a cop mustache it wasn't like a regulation mustache it went down a bit so he's you know he's a rebel that's oh, how you know enough. he's a grad student yeah. he's not gonna he's not gonna have any of your corporate rules on on mustaches man he's gonna grow it out an inch and a half longer than he should um,
0: but yeah, we set we, we set him up as a stalker. Like, he's yeah, really, absolutely. He's, he's just like,
1: stalking this woman. Yeah,
0: I mean, this isn't just the looking across at her in class with a bit of a wistful thing. He's Yeah, he's he's hanging out where she is at night, watching her go out with people, hiding in the shadows.
1: He knows her schedule, because he knows when to show up, remember to, p- to pick her up. She was definitely surprised to see him there when he went to go pick uh, pick her up for their date.
0: <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, I... Uh, and I just, I just don't know. I mean, I feel like, I, 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 feel like maybe the idea is that he's, we're just supposed to see that he is an assertive guy who knows what he wants and whatnot. Maybe that's supposed to be sort of like just part of the characterization. But the film doesn't do interesting enough stuff with the characters. No. Uh, like this is another contrast to the the thing where like the thing didn't necessarily you know deeply explore any given character a ton, but it felt like most of the characterization stuff we got you know serve the purposes of using some sort of... Like, delivering some sort of sense of general motivation for the characters for the stuff that that they then did at the research site in Antarctica. Um, Like, the fact that we get Blair as this, you know, scientist who takes the problem seriously once they realize they've got this alien thing and then does the research, comes to the unlikable conclusion that basically they all need to die there to save the world. And then he just fucking gets on it. And all of that feels like a cohesive thing where like, you know, we're set up with one thing after another with that character. Um, you know, even if it's all relatively quick, subtle stuff, whereas yeah, with stalker dude, what exactly are we supposed to get out of the fact that he's such a gross fucking creeper, other than like, oh, oh well, this will set it up so that they have an attraction later on or whatever. And it's implied that she's attracted him to and that like she's aware of who he is. And I think maybe they could have reworked some of the stuff a little bit or added a little bit more to make it not seem so creepy. But what we get is so one sided and she's just sort of like there conveniently for him to make this conquest of.
1: Yeah, they, um, just his, his motivation is weird. All of his interaction with um, what's her name? a uh, redheaded lady uh well, shit. Yeah, yeah, again, I can't yeah. remember. That. Like, she's
0: a central character, and that's how yeah. sidelined she is. That, like, yeah. And, like, uh, yeah. And
1: then, like, she turns him down for a date, and he's just like, "Hey, what about we get together to, you know, discuss uh, science shit?" She's like, "All right." And it's just like, did you just trick her into a date, in like without actually pausing in between um, to,
0: you know, change the subject? He's a sort of go-getter. Well, and I don't feel like she was snow job there or anything. No, it's more it, like she's. she's really, and the thing is, she just. She just clearly liked him more than I liked him, and I'm willing to accept that, but she she just ended up being portrayed as such sort of like a pushover uh like the only yeah 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 anyway, so that's it, and and I think so after they sleep together, which is
1: just you know it it's it's when you when you watch it it's just presented as an inevitable of them going out to dinner without actually setting up the fact that she Really? Oh, yeah. When they when they meet, like she they introduce each other by name, and he's just like, "Well, I'm Brian Marsh," and she's like, "I know." And then he's and she's like, "I'm Catherine Danforth," and he's just like, "I know." I think it was the other way around. Which was was
0: it? I think yeah. I think he. I think she introduces himself, and he's like, "I know." And then he introduces himself, and she's like, "Oh, I know." Uh, Which 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 felt like an attempt to even it out a little bit, that, okay, she's also paying attention to him, and yes, there is something. Some Even though it, never, it shows him doing nothing but ignoring him for most of the beginning of the movie. Yep.
1: Like, she does not pay any attention to him until they're, like, he like they're in class and he's just staring at her and she does not notice. It, it's just, like, that sort of, like, observational thing that, like, really is... I have no idea how that was supposed to read in, what, like, 1987. Yeah, and, and I
0: felt like there was no indication of the turning of the tables. Like, like I could totally get behind her actually even though we didn't get, you know, that in the intro, her turning out to actually be into him and paying attention. what, But like if they'd done something with it, if they'd like given us something surprising, if she had surprised him somehow with something, I feel like that would have sold better. But as it is, it felt like that may have just been an attempt to get a little bit of the creep toned down by saying, oh, no, no, she's into him, too, without actually showing us any of like that, so it doesn't really get anywhere.
1: She was paying attention during roll call. He was stalking her. Yep. Um, but, yeah, uh, yes, yeah, so that was... Uh, and then, yeah, so they sleep together and then they have a conversation and he's just like, he's about to say something. She's like, don't say. And he's just like, why shouldn't I say? He's like, because, because I think I know what you're going to say. And if it's not the thing you're going to say, I don't want the, you to not say the thing that you were going to say. And what was that about? I don't understand what happened in that scene. I, I think it the idea
0: is that maybe he, was was he going to tell her she he loved her. I, that, that, that was, was my like, assumption. Like, he, like, like she thought maybe he was going to say, hey, I love you. And she didn't want him to say that. But she didn't want him to say that because, yeah her line i i i don't know like like i i would read that scene as uh you know her actually not wanting to go there at all right at the moment mm-hmm. and so on the one hand she doesn't want him to say it because jesus christ let's not go there but on the other hand she's acknowledging that she cares for him too and so part of her wants him to go there and then she'll be a little bit crushed if he's going somewhere other than there so let's just not let the train leave the station at all is my read on that whole thing but yeah the whole thing it felt like a lot of the dialogue in the movie it felt a little bit like this was you know this was somebody's first draft of this maybe
1: there's maybe there's like a big time gap there that we're not acknowledging like between you know the first class and between them waking up in bed together what if it's like months later
0: or, or at and, least a month later because that fucking yeah. full moon I mean I don't remember yeah. maybe the full moon uh, the second time we saw it tied in with the sleeping together but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah I don't yeah. know I don't know yeah, it's.
1: I. Yeah, I. I mean, it makes a lot more sense if it just turns out that there was, like, a significant amount of time between him, like, you know, taking her out to dinner and, and them waking up together. It also makes sense the fact that, you know, the uh, what is this, Barak is willing to take all of these grad students to this, you know, bizarre thing, even though none of them know who each other are, pretty much, because they just had their first day of class. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I mean. But yeah, the, the it, uh, film
0: the film fails to communicate this clearly. Like yep. we we're both sitting here feeling like okay, that was a weird, shitty way to try and communicate like a day going by, and the fact that it might make a lot more sense if a month and a half go by, that's great. But you should have some sense of that via some method other than sitting around saying yep. what the fuck is going on here. I mean, this yeah, is not-
1: time passing. Time passes really poorly in this movie. Like at one point, um. I think somebody says, hey, the sun's coming out. And it's like, all right, I have literally no idea how long it's been since the sunset. I, you know, nothing, none of the pacing of what's happening is giving me an idea of the passage of time. Outside yeah. of the passage of time, exactly when that thing is happening.
0: Yeah, the bulk of the film feels like it's sort of like a, a long night sort of thing. And, you know, yeah. Professor Birak at one point makes some reference to, you know, the, the, the work we do in the next 48 hours will blah, 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 be a big fucking deal. You know, so it feels like basically once we really get going Night falls, the sun comes back up, and we've got basically all of that day, like 24 hours or so, that that's supposed to take place. Which works fine, because the idea that people have been up late and want to get some sleep, uh, that all tracks reasonably well. It's just so confusing before we get there that, yeah, at that point it's kind of hard not to be like, well, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Um, there was a line uh, – one of the dudes had a line where they're meeting out in the parking lot before he – is deciding to leave i can't remember his name but he says i hate to tell you guys but this is real bullshit which reminded me of uh uh, child's and talking about this Uh, bullshit in in the thing um but there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of stuff actually i think that line was earlier that was before the parking lot but it doesn't matter i think it was enough like oh later the guy has a Line in the parking lot where he's like, "Ah, this priest is a real case. He's Looney Tunes. This is this is dumb. This is kaka. And then yeah, he whispers kaka was... again under his breath, which I really kind of like, but not because it was a particularly good line. I was just like <laughs> taking what I could get at that point with the dialogue.
1: Yeah, that's the uh, that's uh, that was the disco guy in the in the in the leisure suit and the uh, what's that guy's name? From strapping young lad. I don't
0: know, strapping young lad.
1: Oh well, he's got the hair, the the the, the you know. Nothing in the front, party in the back hair. Mullet? No, there was nothing in Number? the front. Was, oh, oh. It was like the, it, it's the, the aging hippie long, long hair, hair where yes. you're bald, but it's still Yeah, long. I guess
0: he did have a pretty high, uh, pretty high brow line there, huh? Yeah. Um, I wanted he, to say the, the the weird locking mechanism on on the Satan tube. It's like Le Marchand's cylinder. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Like,
1: uh? can only be unlocked from the... Well, no, I mean, you could. the boxes you can unlock from the outside. The yeah. cylinder is only unlocked from the inside. Right,
0: right, right. It's two different product lines. And actually, I want to say, it can only be unlocked from the inside. Why not just make it so it can't be unlocked? You're trying to contain this alien killer dimensional force thing. Mm-hmm. You build a super elaborate container to keep it in. I can understand why you would want to not have an unlocking mechanism on the outside so someone can't stumble upon it and open it. But why would you want one on the inside, either? Why not just make it so it can't be unlocked and just keep Satan in there forever, maybe? That seems like a real questionable move by these these whoever's.
1: You know, where I work, we've got a door to the, like, there's a door to the outside, and you walk in, you walk up the stairs, and there's a door to, like, our office. The door downstairs is a glass door that locks on both sides and doesn't have an unlock mechanism on either side. So, like, you have to, so if somebody locks the door downstairs before you leave and you don't have the key, you're stuck in the building. Huh. So it might be one of those things.
0: Maybe, yeah. I guess also the question is who made the cylinder? Because was this cylinder created as a punishment? They said the rust
1: was on it was 7 million years old. Yeah.
0: So I think maybe the cylinder came from space. Maybe, Yeah. But
1: then again, why? It's like, you know, it's like you know, we we trapped him in this prison that could only be unlocked from the inside. So it's not really a prison. Yeah, it,
0: it's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it, the, I guess the question is, maybe the cylinder was created by uh, Satan's father? Who then sent Satan to Earth? But see, I don't know if that makes sense either. Because it could have been sent Satan to Earth in the cylinder with the idea that when the activation moment came, the supernova light would... Uh, whatever, you know, cause the cylinder to start opening up or or cause the Satan inside to start to become motile and, and conscious and then it could let itself out. But I don't know. Well, I, I, I didn't uh, catch if that was the intended order of events. I want a lot more information about the Brotherhood of Sleep, basically. I yeah. want all the stuff the film sort of hints at, as an maybe he story. was like a
1: sleeper cell that like he was sent there on purpose to wake up at a certain day because Satan was just like this is a real, real good planet but not yet. Like I see big things here. I see big things here. I'm going to send you down there. We'll wake you up in seven million years. Then you, you get me in. And in the meanwhile I got shit to take care of. And he's just like, hey, this is a shit job. But no, well and that's, that's what happened there.
0: And you're joining the family business. So yeah, it could be that. So it, maybe it does make sense because it was actually designed by them to do that. And the brother of sleep just discovered this thing, sort of worked out some of the details, and then say, "Hey, let's spend the next however long." Like, I guess the Brotherhood of Sleep doesn't need to be seven million years, years old, especially since we didn't have humanity seven. Million. But there could be some vestigial alien presence there too. I don't know exactly. Um, I, I did want to say that this this California uh, secret temple. Uh, They identified as the 1500s. They didn't say where, so that could be anywhere from 1500 to 1599, I suppose. But still, building an underground church in California in the 16th century, did we really have much of anything going on on the – the western coast of the United States. In the oh, I mean, I, I don't I, I remember. I guess it depends like, who we are. Well, we we being someone with the ability to do that and getting clearance from the Spanish Church. I think they said right. Uh, whoever the I are. mean, the Brotherhood of
1: Sleep could be you know a, a descendant from like a uh, or it could be founded by the Spanish. So it could have always been Spanish and then just slowly recently. Yeah. Well, not recently, but you know, over the course of time, just become American. But it could have started as you know, like a a Spanish church, or even something older than that, and then t- taken over by the Spanish. Yeah,
0: and I, I just have no idea what sort of presence there was on the uh, the, the the Californian coast back yeah. in the sixteenth century. So, I guess if you are listening and you know anything about the history of uh, you know settlement and colonization of uh, the Western uh, United States in the sixteenth century, you know. Just call in and let us know. Uh,
1: you hear us, that one person, like one grad student in that listening to this? <laughs>
0: uh, there's a line from – this This is nothing except for more dumb writing as far as I'm concerned, but I'm willing to run with it. There's a line that Walter has at one point where they're talking about like psychosomatic injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what the context was exactly. Uh I think it was maybe maybe Kelly, the girl who eventually turns into Satan, when she first gets her bruise, and someone's like, "Well, maybe it's just That's nerves. Right. It's like, you don't get nerves." Yeah. And he says, as if to argue that, "Oh, well, you, this stuff can't I used to break out when I was twelve. Doctor said it was homosexual panic, uh, with again no context at all. Just it was like a very like
1: a it was a very like you know Woody Allen joke that." Just has makes no sense coming out of the 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 mouth of this character specifically, who at this point we're just like I think we're supposed to we're supposed to interpret him as like that standard sort of you know um, high school movie slash college movie like rich kid with a lot of ambition who's annoying because he thinks he can get away with more than he should be able to, and we were supposed to find him slightly more endearing than that, but we didn't so I guess yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, he's supposed to have, like, you know, like, that weird sense of humor that, you know, just pushes boundaries. So, you know, he tells that joke, and then he tells the racist joke, but it just really never comes together, because the rest of the time, he's not really funny.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, it just doesn't work. It's almost sort of like the Joker character, except for he's not successfully coming across with his delivery of any of it. But I want to say, he makes that, we get the random throwaway line about homosexual panic, and then he spends the third act of the film... Trapped, trapped in a closet. In a closet. <laughs> so you know, accidental thematic brilliance there, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yes, I just it, it just struck me when I when he was in the closet, I was like yeah. what the hell? I want to say I feel like, and this ties into some of the other stuff we've probably been uh, we've been talking about as far as like you know weird pacing and passage of time and whatnot and some of the dialogue. But I feel like I feel like there's key bits of dialogue just plain missing. <laughs> and I, I don't know if that's because just editing had to take some stuff out, or if uh, Carpenter was going for more of a f- like fractured and implied, you know, sort of mm. picture of the discussion. But Walter's trapped in the closet, and not once do we hear Walter delivering some really, really key information about what he's seeing with the zombie ladies and the so, transformers
1: yeah, he he just says she's like she's still transforming or you know yeah, she's, she's different now yeah, she's, so there's like a whole bunch of missing dialogue of what he's been reporting previously that we don't know either
0: yeah and it, it makes it, it makes enough sense interpreting what we should think would happen that when he says that we can sort of from there say oh, okay so he must have told them earlier but why on earth. You know, we get in plenty of shots of him like being annoying in that closet. Why not have him do some useful like, you know, continuity of of the situation, you know, while he's being featured in this closet?
1: Yeah, and I mean, he did. It's just like, if you got a movie and you're keeping, like, you as the director or the writer or whatever, you're keeping something from the people who are viewing and the characters, that makes sense. You know, that makes a mystery. If there's, like, one character that knows something and the rest don't and the audience doesn't know what that one character knows, it makes sense. If there's... Something that literally every character on screen knows and the audience does it, that you you can't do that. Yeah. You know, there's no why are you it's like you're you're making like the viewer part of the part of the movie and there's no reason to do that. It's 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 a movie, not like a video game or something. It's it's you you it's the wrong medium to do that. And and when he does that, when he you know, he gives them like that follow up to something that we don't to us isn't a follow up. To us it's just him saying what happens. And, you know, and then he mentions that, you know, he, uh, you know, she, the, the tra- she's transforming different. And we, between this and that, we, we got, like, every time that he looks in the in, into the window of the closet to, like, observe what's happening to Kelly, you know, we get, like, a visual idea of what's going on. But we don't get any of his descriptions. And at one point, he says that her skeletal structure is changing. And, like, at that point, you, you got to start thinking that he might actually have, you know, a better idea of what's going on than we would just by looking at it. And so we, have, we lose all that information. Um, which is annoying as hell um, especially when what we're watching is it's like alright well now like the liquid's draining into her eyes and mouth and now she looks pregnant and now she's not pregnant anymore but she's covered in boils and now the boils have turned into sores and now she's telekinetic
0: yeah and she had some shifting around of her abdomen at one point there too which made, oh, yeah, that was yeah. supposed to be the skeletal structure reference but I don't feel like the skeletal structure thing paid off at all no. in any visual we got so yeah yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's it's interesting because it's like sort of, it's a collection of different effects shots that, you know, I, I can I can dig each of them. Like, it's like, oh, okay, that's a pretty good skin treatment. Oh, okay, that whole shifting abdomen thing is nice and creepy, blah, 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 blah. But, uh, but strung together, it, yeah, it's a sort of unsatisfying series of transformations framed in like weird lack of character reactions to it that we get to experience at least. Uh, it was less fun than watching the effects in the thing, I think, because it just yep. felt it was, it was tied up in this like sense of confusion about why the story is being told to me this way, rather than a sense of you know con- confusion and tension at a well told jarring, you know, vignette or something. Yep. Um, So the effects in this film, in general, there's a bunch of really Carpenterian-seeming effects in here, uh, and and a lot of things that I liked. And uh, and some of the Kelly transformation stuff was good. The skin effects were great in terms of Mm -hmm. looking like terrible lacerations and sores and whatnot. uh, The the pregnancy effect wasn't super great, but what do you do? Um, Yeah. uh, It looks like someone stuck a balloon up her her shirt. A helium (laughs) balloon. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. but, but there was that
1: um there was the the guy that gets his this was like the weirdest like not having makeup done for it, even though you could have thing. Was that the guy who gets his neck snapped, the you know like the really big towering guy who's kinda of balding.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh he gets his neck snapped, and when he comes back as, you know, like a Satan zombie or whatever they are, like the extent to which he realizes is that his head is tilted to yeah, one side. It seems like
0: they could have done some like neck bruising or something. Yeah, to exactly. Sort of sell it. Instead it, more, it looked more like yeah. Okay, just uh just get in here, Ted. Just
1: just lean your head. Yeah, no, too far, too far. A little up. there we go. Perfect. Now walk just like that and it's like, okay. It just looks like he's got like a crick in his neck and he's just like, I can't really move it
0: right now. And we talked about the the green goo in the cylinder mm-hmm. itself, which looked pretty great. It was a nice sort of swirly. It's the matrix in a jar sort of thing. But uh we get the water dripping up, which uh that was pretty cool. Uh, I like yeah, that. I always I like a water dripping effect, and the idea that there was this pool of stuff on the ceiling was creepy. They didn't really capitalize on that much because, no. like, they do that and then they come back to it again, and what we get is like a spout of water coming out of it earlier, like when it hits a uh, Sally Jesse Raphael as the first sort of uh, taken over person. Um, and yeah, then, just
1: sort of like it, it's it's like getting hit with a water gun, which doesn't make sense a lot considering what's going on. Like, if something like descended out of it, yeah, but yeah. like an angled shot out of it was, and it was like a different color too. Yeah, Like the I, stuff that yeah.
0: Well, I, I, and I, I'd been interpreting the stuff as goo, but it turns out it's basically just green water when we actually see it moving around at all. Yeah. Um, and then they repeat the same thing. They the, the some of the zombified people then move the cylinder up to. uh kelly the sleeping girl's room the the girl who turns into satan uh and then we get the stuff coming up onto the ceiling there and then coming down and that's really flooding down into her eye and mouth holes which was kind of a cool shot but it also just it it, it was a cool idea for a shot and it came off fine but it felt a little bit much like uh hey you made a mask of someone's face and then stuck some water (laughs) vents inside it uh, it it,
1: it, it sort of reminded me of just like the opposite of what Carpenter did with um oh what's name of the bad guy in Big Trouble in Little China Lopan like when you first meet him and you know he's like about to zap Jack Burton and you know like the 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 laser things come out of his eyes and then it comes out of his mouth which is just really an unexpected place for lasers to come out of and this was just sort of the opposite where it's like all right it would make sense that it would be going into the mouth but it's also going into the eyes and that's that's like extra scary yeah
0: um, um. but yeah i, I felt like it, that was okay, uh, but I really the the, the 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 core spitting into someone else's mouth. Uh, really, I mean, for one thing, it looked like it was really like peeing into someone's mouth, and they used this a lot to transfer around the like. Like that's the the main way they transferred sort of Satan power yeah. from one uh, academic to the next was having them you know open their mouth and fire a urine stream of Satan green juice into someone else's mouth. And it's just like that affected absolutely nothing for me. And it became the central sort of recurring theme. And it's just like every time I saw it, I was like, really? You couldn't come up with anything more interesting than like water sports.
1: And it's oddly sexualized throughout the, the a lot of the movie too, which was even weirder. Um, like when, uh, oh, what, what is her name? The, uh, the, 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 the one who gets possessed while she's in bed, like on her cot. And we see, uh, the, the, what, what's her name? Jean shirt, uh, one with the glasses. Yeah. And she's just like, you know, slowly crawling, you know, towards Craw- her yeah, on cra- the bed.
0: Yeah. Crawling up it, towards Lisa on the bed.
1: Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't very creepy crawling. Like her face expression was, was odd, but it was, you know, sort of, like, oddly sexualized. And, like, the, the woman who was just, like, being laying under there, she's like, hey, listen, I gotta tell you that I... And she just immediately starts spitting into her mouth. Yeah. And then we see, like, this one last shot of, like, you know, her, her face above there just illuminated with just, like, a strand of saliva coming out of there with, like, a really sort of, like, oddly satisfied look on her face. Like, blank, but satisfied. So I thought... And then when they when Calder comes in and like they throw him down the ground and start making out with him, yeah um, yeah, so they they oddly sexualize some of that sometimes, but sometimes not, other times it was just like getting acid sprayed in your face, yeah um, so yeah, that was the, the the whole thing with that was weird when it happens it 's weird when they try to explain it when because they, they get like a reading on their on their machine that like there was a Kinetic burst, or yeah, or something like. What is that machine signature. detecting? Yeah, I don't I'm understand not... what that machine was detecting. Um, but yeah, and then they immediately go from that. It's like, oh, it must be telekinetic. And I think they they literally, I think they they say either telekinesis or psychokinesis, and everybody's just like, mm, yep, makes sense, makes sense to me. Um, which was uh, again what is it that they're studying and well, where well, are they? Well,
0: but and I thought this was conspiracy. they they say telekinesis or telekinetic mm-hmm. uh, and then they immediately explain it uh, like like not an, uh, I'll explain that what that means but then they say like you know moving with the power of mind or something something yeah. really pithy like that to in case you don't know what the hell that means <laughs> you know now you do know as the viewer yeah. uh, so yeah, it, it was simultaneously just sort of like weird that everybody was down with that and also sort of slightly condescending if you're going to assume that the characters are all going to be down with it. And then, oh, by the way, pat on the head, viewer. Um, <laughs>
1: It, it, was, it, it, it was sort of like the opposite when they're, they're like, talking about, like, the, the prophecy dream that's, you know, a recording sent back in time. Yeah. And somebody, like, looks at paper. I think, I think it's Mustache Guy I looks at the paper, and he's just like, tachyons. Hmm, that would make sense. And somebody's just like, what's a tachyon? And he's like, it's a Greek word. It means swift runner. I'm like, that is just totally not helpful. <laughs> not even a little. <laughs> Um, there was, I, this, was one time in like film class in college, uh, we were talking about, I forget which movie, and the professor was just like, does anybody know what doppelganger means? And this kid raises his hand, he's just like, it's German, it means double walker, and just, that's it. That was his entire answer. The professor's like, all right, that's not, okay, that is what it means, yes. And I felt it was just like that, it's just like, you just gave the
0: least. <laughs> we're not in German class yeah. here. Yeah. We're not trying yeah. to...
1: It's like when the, the the question of, you know, what does this mean is, is it could be vague, but it's not vague that, you know, he's just like, oh, that's another, that's a word in another language. I wonder what it translates to.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But then they, they, they sort of explain it. I mean, in the same way that they, they explain all of the, the quantum physics stuff in this book, which is just, I, I, I guess it, it would be the equivalent of like, you know, looking at the simple, simple English Wikipedia version of quantum mechanics and then trying to recite it from memory.
0: Yeah. I mean, with all apologies to John Carpenter, it feels sort of like a Dan Brown level of engagement with the actual yeah. science of stuff. It's just like, you know, we'll, we'll say enough. You know, in a sense, some of this stuff, what this really kind of reminds me of is the thing from another world. Like there's shades of that same weird uh, regressiveness in sort of gender relations, the same sort of – sort of B-movie, well, we'll talk a little bit about the science, so it sounds like some smart science stuff, but we also won't effectively say anything enough that someone who wants the science is going to get anything out of this. It's like it's like science drag, sort of, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, yeah.
1: Yeah, there was... Um Speaking of regression and, like, you know, gender dynamics, did you notice that when they come into the church, they're segregated by sex? Like, all the women come in one way, and then all the men come in the other way.
0: I did not notice that.
1: Um, I, I found that, that that you know, a little odd. And there was... I, when um, when Kelly's about to enter the uh, in, in, into the, the room um, where she ends up getting possessed and, you know, ending up in that cot, like, she knocks on the door. She's like, hello if you're doing anything there, put your clothes back on because I'm coming in or it was something like that. And it's just like, is that, is that, is that just like the immediate assumption that's like, well, all grad must students be and are here to work. <laughs> so clearly people are going to hook up. If, if anything, this is the perfect environment. You know, a, a church with, you know, like an artifact from beyond the moon or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, and on those cots too. Those are some... Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah. I want to say... Uh, something about another thing I don't like about uh, our main character the blonde dude uh, the thing with him playing with playing cards yeah it's like the dumbest fucking affectation and again nothing is done with this like it really feels like this could be be a thing that the actor just came up with it's like oh yeah I like to I like to do some handwork when I'm when I'm acting
1: And it's all just the same trick that he can't get right until he does, and then when he does get it right, like, he's basically just trying to make a card disappear behind his hand, and it's the same card every time.
0: Yeah, it's always the seven of spades.
1: And when it works, he also says something that's supposed to be shocking, and he says it at the same time. He's just like, well, what if, you know, it's a transmission from the future? And then he makes the card disappear, and then there's, like, a reaction shot of people looking at him like he just, you know, did the big reveal, but neither the reveal nor the card trick were that impressive and I can't figure out which one they're awed by.
0: I actually, I I was not sure if I had missed the trick or, or... It wasn't it an actual blinked. trick.
1: They used a camera cut to, to make the trick. Yeah. Because he makes... He, you know he puts it be, he moves it you know behind his hand and then we see a shot behind his hand and there's nothing there yeah. so it wasn't even a real card trick
0: yeah and, and my, my attention was wandering right when that happened so I didn't <laughs> even come away knowing which was and honestly I just found that I didn't care enough to go back because like ah uh, just yeah that yeah, it, it didn't work for me I just it just it intensified my dislike of the dude that we were coming back to this uh, fiddly hand thing with a card again. But I also I, I wanted to come up with a theory for the 7 of spades but I came up with nothing. So I guess the, the, the uh, does the 7 seals I, I Oh yeah, uh, mm, yeah, that does you work 7 spades,
1: 7 seals and 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 there was there was worms and they look like eels. So. Yeah, there you ah, go. Right. Yeah. The um, 7 yeah, seals. I mean, yeah. At the very least, you know, the, the, the one thing I did right at some point, it, it was that, you know, at least this, you know, close-up magic-based affectation was better than the one in Hellraiser. Just slightly better, I felt. Yeah. Sli- at the yeah. very least, he w- it made sense why he was doing it, because he was practicing a card trick he couldn't do. Yeah. A- it had that over the other guy who just kept doing magic tricks for no reason.
0: That's you know, fair. this, this That's guy fair. just has
1: bad priorities.
0: This, 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 this guy was slightly better than the guy from Hellraiser 5 in that respect.
1: <laughs> who now Five, plays... Um, uh, who cares? Six? I think it was six. It was Deader, right? No, it wasn't Deader. It was the one before that. It was... Uh,
0: cop Knights, I think is yeah, the one it's yeah, it Hellraiser,
1: Cop Knights. It was Hellseeker. Yeah. It was Hellseeker. Was it Hellseeker that has uh Yeah, Dean Winters, because he's, uh, he's also on Brooklyn Nine-Nine now. Oh, excellent. As uh, he's the vulture. He's the special crimes unit guy who keeps stealing everybody else's case, and everybody hates him.
0: <laughs> I got to watch that show sometime. I really gotta, good. Gotta get on it.
1: I on Very much. I enjoyed the whole season. Let's um, talk about that show instead. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you what I think of it, and you're just going to agree with me and keep saying I want to watch so, that show.
0: Sounds like a really good plan. Huh? Good, good, solid. We should
1: we should maybe talk about some things we liked about this movie. Well, yeah,
0: and I feel I feel like I, I, I feel like we're we're coming down super hard on it is what it sounds like. But really yeah. there's a lot of details in how stuff was handled that I didn't like, despite yeah. me mostly basically liking I really liked the premise, I liked a lot of the ideas, I liked some mm-hmm. of the effects. Um I really I, I think I just really had a hard time with so much of the dialogue. Uh that it, it was, really is getting in the way of me being able to, you know, unqualifiedly praise other things about the film that I actually did enjoy. I mean, it was a fun Carpenter film to watch. Right.
1: You know, it, it's, it's a little odd because I had just like right before sitting down to watch this, my wife and I watched um, the Odd Thomas movie. It was based on like a series of books Dean Koontz has about this guy that could see some sort of reaper ghosty things and he can interact with ghosts and he solves mysteries or whatever. And they made a movie out of it starring the guy that played Chekhov on the new um in the new Star Trek version. And uh, also it uh, was Willem Dafoe, who loves money, I assume. <laughs> um dude, the guy is in a lot of movies of not like he's clearly taking movie roles that are not meant to further his acting career, and just you know is just like fuck it, yeah, I'll do that. I think but he may like, may like he may also just
0: like acting. I mean, Walken's the that's, same way. Walken's been in a bunch of pretty questionable stuff, and and according to him, he just you know, have they been is in what the same he does. Movie? They have at least once, uh and it was terrible, and like not their fault, that's, but ow. they were both in a. Uh, New Tokyo Hotel, New Rose Hotel. I can't remember. Oh, the,
1: the William Gibson like yeah. adaptation that was. Yeah. Oh, they were both cheese. Yeah, they
0: were both in it, and you don't remember because it was such a terrible, forgettable piece of shit of a movie. It was like they they only had like fifty minutes of movie that they stretched over ninety minutes, and even the fifty minutes they had were just really sort of dull as shit like it it, it it aimed for like sort of cyber noir and just ended up with just like nothing fucking happens and you don't like anybody you know it's like and then let's spend the last 20 minutes of the film showing flashback footage from earlier in the film to fill space and insult the hell out of anybody who was watching it and paying it at all attention because it's like it's a mystery but oh what oh now I see what the character movie is. yeah I watched it the first time I was here <laughs> that's what a fucking oh god I really didn't like that movie in, in case this is unambiguous at this point and I was so heartbroken because like hey William Gibson I, I, I like uh, he, he writes some good stories when they aren't X-Files scripts uh, and I love Christopher Walken. And I really like Willem Dafoe. This is going to be fucking amazing. And then it was just uh, so. Let me say, for all the criticisms I have Prince of Prince of Darkness here, so much better than that movie starring two of my like favorite actors. So you know, it's, it, this was this was this was a solid you know movie in many respects.
1: Um, hang on, how the hell did we get on? This? Oh I yeah, the Odd Thomas movie. So we were watching it, and it's. Weird and tonally inconsistent, and I don't know if I can recommend it, even though I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it because I, it was on the TV and I, you know, the scare, some of the scary parts were scary and some of the story, it, it had that problem that a lot of movies do where. All, where you're supposed to like where the protagonist is supposed to be like, you know, like this bedraggled outsider guy who, uh, you know, he doesn't fit in. But like all of his problems are incredibly superficial and all of his, you know, like abilities to do things that other people can't do are at like, you know, Mary Sue levels of proficiency. Yeah. So you get this character who's supposed to be very imperfect, but on the he just turns out to be very perfect and just a little odd. Um, kind of like Harry Dresden, basically, if you ever watched, yeah. read or watch The Dresden Files. He sort of got that. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the movie, he gets a parade. I don't mean to spoil the ending of the movie, but it's if you're watching that movie to find out what happens at the end, he gets a parade. Um, and, oh yeah, so all of the dialogue in this movie is uh, clearly taken... Like, whoever did... You you, you know when you see it's like, you know, this story by whatever, screenplay adapted by some other guy. That other guy just literally took dialogue out of a book that was supposed to not have the most realistic of dialogue and threw it into a movie. And it just doesn't work when you do that. Um, And I think this movie has has a similar... This movie, being Prince of Darkness, has a similar kind of problem where... um, what do you call it? Uh, it's, it's dialogue that's not spoken by people. Like if I saw this dialogue in a short story, it would make slightly more sense because people just, just say things and there's no, there's no rhythm to any of it. Yeah. it it's, it's like everybody is just saying a thing.
0: Yeah. And, and they say a
1: thing and then it's the next person's turn to say a thing and they say their thing. And then the third person reads the thing that they memorize. And there's no there's – no, everybody's doing the acting on their own.
0: Yeah, it's like and they're taking turns reciting yeah. lines rather than like having yeah. conversations, which and I mean the, a lot and of things possibly they say lines are lines just... from
1: different parts of the script. <laughs>
0: uh gosh. <laughs> well, what were we doing? We we're trying to say nice things about the movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was interesting. Donald Pleasance uh is a is a guy I really enjoy and he was the, the 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 priest in this and uh I What else has he been in? I'm not terribly familiar. Well, he was in the original Halloween. Um, And and his role in that is much more what I uh, uh, think of as, like, the the core Donald Pleasance. Like, basically, I'm typecasting the dude in my brain. But uh, that's sort of what I think of as, like, part of why I really like Donald Pleasance is when he's sort of like this uh, quietly assertive uh, dude – you know, I, I feel like he he commands a real sort of sense of gravitas in the face of uh, trouble. Well, like like he really seems like he's he's that one science teacher at school who you would want to be in charge when the zombie apocalypse broke out because you know he he's not a Macready but he he seems to be quietly assessing and making rational plans about terrible situations and whatnot. Um, he was also in a he, he was great in a weird little horror anthology called uh Tales that Witness Mad- Madness. Uh, I think it's on Netflix. Um, at least I hope it's on it still. I I, I it was when we watched it a couple of years back. But it's a little anthology story where there's like four or five little short like 15-20 minute uh bits. I think that may have been where the classic uh film with the the voodoo doll uh, that tries to kill the lady who gets it. Um voodoo You know, maybe I'm. Are you you
1: thinking of a Twilight Zone episode with the regular doll? uh,
0: No, but I think same same sort of territory. But also, I'm not sure if I'm thinking of the right horror anthology either. So, anyway, in any case, the the, the Tales of Witness Madness has uh, Donald Pleasance as this guy who is uh, apparently the administrator of some sort of uh, odd, uh, maybe mental health uh, asylum or something. Um, that looks like I remember the corridors looking like something out of like a Star Trek episode like it was like weirdly uh not not like a very human feeling facility. It was more like you know extremely blank white flat walls and floors uh with subtle doors that lead into individual uh white sort of rooms rather than cells or whatever anyway uh <laughs> This is not super (laughs) important. The point is Donald Pleasance plays some sort of facility administrator and some sort of honcho senior administrator comes to visit him and sort of is seeming to ask what's going on. And Donald Pleasance spends the whole film saying, ah, well, let me explain what's going on and and I'll show you what I've found. And he he tells him these like four or five stories that we then watch as short films. And then the senior administrator is like, oh, okay, I get it now. You've lost your fucking mind. We're going to have to take you off this and get you out of here. And he's like, no, no, you must understand. Once you see it, you know, so Donald Pleasant's coming off this great, sort of intense, maybe he is kind of crazy, but he's keeping it real smooth. And the administrator's like, the stodgy squares, like, oh, this stuff is crazy. And the stuff is crazy, so, you know, you'd understand that guy. And then I think the senior administrator gets killed at the end by an invisible tiger, who was one of the crazy things that proved Donald Pleasance had lost his mind. Um, and it's all, it's, it's cheesy. Uh, but it's also kind of great, and Donald Pleasance is great in it. And and it will, where I was going with all this is, like, I, I enjoyed Donald Pleasance in this, too. I thought he did a good job as this sort of, like, shattered, doubting priest, you know, in this, you know, crisis of faith and terrible situation and whatnot. Uh, but I kind of prefer that other Donald Pleasance mode better. Like, this is—
1: Yeah, in this one, he was a bit—he was always, like— he was really meek and he didn't have, he, he didn't believe in himself. I think he didn't believe in his ability to do anything. And he was always just, he was always appealing to everybody else. It's like, you know, professor, you have to help us quick. What did all of you dream? It's like, Oh, and then when he's, you know, praying behind the boiler and then when he finds the ax later. So I, I feel like he didn't do a lot. And if he was supposed to be there for exposition, they sort of blew all that in one speech.
0: Yeah. Um, but he did get a grab a fire ax and, chop off Kelty Satan's uh, t- t- <laughs> taking off the arm, which I, th- I thought that was a yeah. nice little subtle effect. I mean, we get the the arm chopped off. That seemed like sort of a gimme effect. But then the shot from behind of him staring uh, at, at Kelly and just thoop, another arm pops right out of her uh, shirt where he had cut the first one off. Uh, I thought that was a nice yeah. little uh, that was, thing. Uh, the mirror thing, um, I, I, I thought it was interesting, the, the scene where – so Kelly Satan gets up and she's looking around and she's like, yeah, I got my shit together. Uh, and then she looks down and there's that compact up on the floor and we see a shot of her staring at it with sort of wide-eyed reaction – into the mirror and the reflection and I liked that there was sort of uncertain what the hell's going on there like is she going to be like oh my god but I'm terrible looking but if she's Satan she shouldn't care but maybe there's a vestige of awareness or is she going to think oh makeup right that's the thing you put on to look pretty and she was going to put on makeup on her horrible face or something uh, and so it turns
1: I, out that the direction they go in is that mirrors are magic.
0: Yeah. Well, and Inherently. I, yeah. And I, basically I liked the misdirection there. I liked the fact yeah. that it was not clear what that reaction was about until we got there. And then the idea that she stuck her – like I guess it just didn't work to try and work with that small of a mirror because she like seems like yeah. ow after sticking her fingers through and we get to find out that there's another dimension on the other side. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that just for all of like the sciency things, the movie was trying to do, the mirror thing was the one that bugged me the most because there's no the, the, there's no basis for something like that weird to happen yet. You know, spitting ceiling full of goop that takes over things' brains made a little more sense than mi- all mirrors are. You know, the same as far as Satan, who is an alien, is concerned.
0: Yeah, yeah, there was no um, real explanation of that, and as much as I sort of liked the the mirror. Uh, effect concept and whatnot. Yeah, it, it did feel a little bit like a, and now a miracle occurs and mirrors mm-hmm. are a big deal. Um, Cause yeah, what's like, like, like if, if you're going to throw shitty, unconvincing scientific exposition at us, maybe throw something about that, you know, just yeah. be, you know, follow through on that shit. I also like that, that one of the guys tried to, uh, uh, deal with a, a, a Satan zombie by spraying him with a soda can that he shook up.
1: Yeah, that was Victor Wong. Yeah, he he sprays him with soda and stabs him in the eye with a single chopstick? Is that what that was? Yeah,
0: it was a chopstick, I think. And the chopstick, okay, fine, stab someone in the the head. Mm -hmm. But I don't understand what the hell the soda can thing was. Like, it wasn't even that distracting as the thing. Like, if you just want to distract him so you can hit him in the head with a chopstick, just start with Mm -hmm. the chopstick. His head is already there. You know, just the soda can just seemed like the dumbest fucking, it seemed like something out of like a cutscene from The Goonies. You know?
1: Yeah, and and he he did it with such determination when he started shaking it like the monster was breaking in. And he immediately starts shaking it as if he had this great plan. That's yeah, that's it that's doesn't work as that. If if he just like all of a sudden like looked at it and then you see him like oh hmm and then he shakes it and sprays it that made him a little more sense than you know yeah. like the the oh I got you now fucker like determination with which he
0: did it. Yeah, a crazy um, little a crazy little like yeah. instinctive reaction to something. It could be funny, yeah. but as it was, it felt like it was telegraphing it as a big deal. But then they failed to do any. Interesting science with a shaken up uh, soda can, so. It
1: would been great if it was just, like, you know, on The Simpsons when he uh, escapes from the candy convention by just, like, shaking up a can of soda and, like, ripping open a can of pop rock, sticking them together and throwing it like a grenade. Yeah. And it explodes. Uh, see you in hell, candy boys. Um, <laughs> why did Walter not start beating the crap out of the wall with his... Uh, giant you know, flashlight before the very last point at which it would make sense to do that? So
0: it's, a, it's a really good question. and I think the answer is because this movie is kind of dumb in how it handles a lot of the action. Uh, it's basically all there is to it. It was just, uh, it was dumb. Maybe maybe that also ties into why we don't hear some of that dialogue from Walter. Maybe there's like a couple mm-hmm. minutes of deleted scenes that would li- lay nuance and and you know, clarity to that whole closet situation, but I thought the same thing. I was like, or it's just fuck?
1: three more minutes of like ethnic humor.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> so then the negress walks in, and she, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> OD eighties, um, red hair. Let's talk about this thing that happens at the end. So, there's the red-haired girl, uh, she eventually sort of has uh, a moment of sort of like mental breakdown in the hallway as there's zombies about and and Kelly Satan is reaching through the mirror and pulling Satan back through from the other side or or father Satan I guess yep. back through from the other side
1: Satan Per uh,
0: yes and, and 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 when when redhead finally gets out of the just keening and Wilting in the hallway, she takes action. What she does is she grabs Kelly Satan mm-hmm. and just hurls through the window, with, the, the the mirror with her uh, in what is apparently a noble sacrifice. But it really feels like she could have just given her a real good shove. Like I don't yeah, know that she needed because to kill herself. Five in the
1: minutes prior to. At least two or three people went out through a window, with it being clearly demonstrated that the other person didn't have to go with them. Yeah, like when they when they tossed out the uh, the two women that were chasing Walter. You know, they go out the window just fine without anybody going with them. And then you know, the guy that was on top of the trash heap who was hitting the other guy with the uh, with the with the two by four. And you know, after he gets zombified, he wakes up at some point from behind the trash <laughs> heap. That was the a, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I
0: laughed. I thought that was funny.
1: I think it was supposed to be. Yeah, I hope it was supposed to be. Yeah, Although it wasn't as funny as him, like, taking a fall off the giant stack of garbage, because that did not sound like a pratfall. That sounds like he fell off. (laughs) 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 And because you see, like, the whole trash heap just sort of, like, move, like, with the impact of something. I I don't think there was a gym mat back there for him to fall on. I think he fell off the thing. There were two guys Um, named
0: Jim and Matt.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they did not catch him. Uh... But yeah, so yeah, and then yeah, so she. What we like to call a trust
0: but verify fall. It's, uh, <laughs> I got nothing else. That was all. Please continue. That's uh, <laughs> <I'm glad. laughs> not even that funny, but I'm laughing.
1: Um, but yeah, yeah. So she she could have done like a like a shoulder tackle, you know, just like you know, really just shoulder her in there. Yeah, and or, I, I, or I run in and kicked her, you know, like a like a jump kick and if we, um, or if something, but. The, 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 yeah, like grab her and push d- did not make sense as like the thing to do at the moment.
0: Yeah. And, and the thing is like they, they, they could have made the same thing work without seeing a nonsensical if they had had her try and do more of a shove and then get grabbed and pulled through as well. And there you've got your dramatic, oh, shit, but uh, you, you did the right thing, but then it backfired on you. It, but instead, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe she had a moment of true and full comprehension of the nature of the existential threat to humanity, and suddenly she became the new Jesus disciple and, and just decided to decisively end it because she sensed within her the, the truth of the situation or something. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to give it some... Some explanation for why that doesn't seem as dumb as it actually does seem.
1: Maybe she was just trying to get away from Mustache Guy, and she's just like another <laughs> like, oh, universe. No, no, nothing, yes. nothing, nothing,
0: nothing will ever free me from his creeptacular. Yeah.
1: That w- that was a less of like get in there, and more of like a move aside, but you're not moving. So we're all going in, um, and then she comes back out. Yes. So that yeah, then, uh, you um, oh yeah. So the 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 epilogue is um oh walter fucking like escapes and just runs away <laughs> <laughs>
0: he comes back apparently
1: he I does mean, he comes back he clearly ran away to get the cops yeah but nothing in him running away is ma- like if it's supposed to be like you're supposed to be watching him with relief because you finally know that you know this one see somebody got out so he's gonna he's gonna get help and it's all over no it just looks like he's trying to get the fuck out of there yeah
0: the, like not a single shout of like guys guys the hobos are gone yeah. Quick, while Alice Cooper isn't watching, you know, nothing like that. He just, yeah, it it did come off a, a bit like just like, and now a display of naked cowardice. <laughs> when I would have done the same thing, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure I would have shouted as well, but I would be like, fuck, I'm out. Okay, great. I'm going to go uh, get the authorities or whatever. But uh, see you on Monday. Yep. Um, Oh, you know what, before
1: before the the ending I want to talk about, um, when when they lower mustache guy out of the window where they're just like, all right, it's day. And, you know, they look at the homeless people and I, I guess there's supposed to be some surprise that the homeless people are still there because I guess it's like, well, it's not night anymore. So they should be gone, but they're still there. And he's just like, all right. And he's just like he starts heading out the window. He's just like make sure it's like you get ready to pull me back up. And he drops down there. The two like sides of homeless people start converging on him, and then he just like goes back up and they and just barely in the nick of time pull him up. And why? yeah well, what, why did he go down there? I, I think maybe
0: to test if they would do that, like if he could get away with it, which is fine, I guess, but it wasn 't really explained well in the film and then beyond that, he seems so fucking confused about how to get back up and you know if you 're thinking that you need to jump down and jump back up real quick, otherwise you 're going to get torn apart by you know satan 's homeless, maybe you 'd like just look at the area you 're jumping down to a little bit more carefully and figure out what you should grab onto ahead of time like I just feel like I feel like you 'd think it through you 'd be like, hmm. But uh, I think he was just really distracted. He was trying to figure out how to – he was thinking over that card trick. It's like everything in this film that happens, everything about him that seems confusing or unlikable, it's all because he's distracted by the card trick.
1: Maybe it was like one of those things where he's just like, "I got a plan. Make sure you know you know to pull me back up." And then he gets down there, and then he just f- fucking makes a run for it. Bye. Yeah, just
0: gonna- <laughs> and then he has to fall back to uh, coming back up because he knows he's going to not pull it off. He had to
1: convince him he had a plan, but you know, maybe he didn't. And they're like, "Wait, so what was your plan?" And he's just like, "Oh, it's too, it's too stupid. I don't want to talk about it now." You know, clearly it's not going to work. Um, yeah, that was. Uh, Oh, the, oh the, uh, the 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 apple flipping. Did you notice the apple flipping? Yeah. Like that flipping. other professor, the one who could oh, make yeah, Trump Lee down Lee. to it his was face,
0: bouncing it off his uh, forearm yeah. and or, or off his bicep, and then onto his kitchen with two fingers. I, I think that was
1: like a vision of mustache in the future when he <laughs> uh, when I, he's. You know he knows all the tricks, and they still don't do anything. And now he's just walking around pretending he's a trombone. I
0: I, I actively liked that character just because he seemed like the least self-serious. Like he's the one I bought most as sort of like a slightly doesn't give a shit professor with some grad students. And his grad students, the ones who were reporting to him, I kind of bought more too. Like that whole thing felt like here's a guy who's like, ah, yeah, we know what we got to do. You know, you got to do it because I told you to do it. And uh, I'm gonna kill some time here. I think I'll uh, eat an apple and play with it and. play some uh, mouth trombone, what the hell you know, I, for some reason he just like he felt like he wandered into the film and forgot to be as confused about how to behave as everyone else and he was just like not giving a fuck instead and I kind of enjoyed that, I don't know <laughs> um oh
1: yeah, so the so the ending, uh, Mustache Guy wakes up, right?
0: Oh yes that? Yeah. yeah, so 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 Mustache Guy wakes up from the dream uh, he's having the dream again uh, and this time, it's a, this like, like this is the closest we get. Like I think this is the most cohesive take. We've been getting the snippets of the dream and new little tiny bits of information from it uh, throughout the latter half of the film. Uh, but we finally basically have to see the whole thing run from start to finish, hearing the bad audio <laughs> over the sketchy video or the transmission from the year 1999. Uh, and there's been this dark figure in the doorway of the church uh, throughout the film. And it's been sort of like a... Hard to make out hooded figure uh, waving its arms around a little bit. Can't really tell who mm-hmm. it is or if it's a who or if it's a what. And then in his dream at the end, we we see the same dream play out, but this, this time it's clearly the redhead girl. Yeah, uh, uh, there. So like, what they changed is not the the fundamental situation apparently, but just who the avatar was because when she jumped through the wind the mirror with Kelly Satan to see mm-hmm. Satan Senior apparently maybe they just kept her alive after all. She didn't die so much as become a vessel, I guess is the implication to then sometime 12 years in the future come out of that church. Uh, So that's a big twist, but I feel like we didn't have enough information for the twist to be super satisfying. It was more like, once again, I mean, I'm right. we didn't it's, it's, care
1: I'm, enough about her. We didn't get enough of a grasp of like you know her ability to accomplish things. Yeah, and that like you know she is like you know the supreme vessel. She is the one he's chosen because she's so much better at a question mark than everybody else. Well, like, and she we wasn't- also never
0: get any indication of what the thing that happens after that video at the church. Is. Like I mean, we can extrapolate that obviously bad things will happen because of the power of this, you know, alien Satan creature manifests, blah, 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 blah. But we never get any actual detail there. And so the meaningfulness of it being her instead of the vague figure doesn't tell us much. And we don't you know we don't we don't have a lot to work with as far as what the nature of this apocalypse that's being implied is. And I, I would have liked more of that. So so twisting the dream is interesting, but at the same time it's an interesting thing that reminds me that I'm dissatisfied with the amount of actual implication we get from the whole dream thing. You know, I'm, I'm more interested in the stuff that didn't actually appear in the film than I am in what we got in the film as far as that goes, which is frustrating. But he wakes yeah, up from that dream sweating in bed and staring at them like, holy shit. And then turns over to his side and there's a, I think it had the same sort of laceration skin makeup on her yeah, mm-hmm, redhead laying yep. there and he shouts and then he wakes up again. And I, I have seen this as like a, a photoshopped animated GIF uh, several times on the internet. I never had any idea where it was from. You know, I'd always sort of vaguely thought of it as, oh, you know, that that scene that uh, Donald Sutherland is in, but it's not Donald Sutherland. It's this Jameson fellow. You know, I just remember. Do you think that mustache is because Donald Sutherland had a mustache? Maybe. Maybe they were going for some uh, Donald Sutherland cred with the character and say, like, we want someone who's like a a young Donald Sutherland, but not Kiefer. We don't like him. Uh, (laughs) Or maybe he was shooting flatliners or something.
1: I I just, you know, I just Google image searched um, Donald Sutherland and there's like, there's that shot of him from, uh, is this Animal House? It's just him with a mustache standing in front of a blackboard that says Satan on it. (laughs) And apparently this is Animal House, but I remember Animal House well enough to, to, to confirm that. Um, but yeah, so you, anyway, you were saying before we got on this
0: Donald Sutherland derail. Uh, oh, just that just I had I'd never known what that was from. And it was such oh, okay. a moment of triumph. I was like, oh my God, finally, I know what's going on with this goddamn guy turning and looking at something in bed and then yelling. That's, you know, because I'd seen it as like, you know uh grimace from, you know, the McDonald's canon, you know, was laying in bed next to him or so shit like that. Like clearly people making jokes by replacing whatever was in the scene, but I didn't know what the scene was or what the original thing was. So it was just that was my takeaway right at the end of the movie was a moment of like pure unrelated joy about finding out something about the internet. That was like one of the most positive feelings I, I, I felt while watching the film, which is kinda <laughs> a little bit sad when I put it that way, but uh but yeah, that's all. I just – a little bit of cultural literacy came back. I also want to say the one thing I have seen before about this movie besides apparently that final scene uh, is the video cover. Like when I went and I rented this from Amazon Streaming uh, in this case and and I recognized the cover of – so this is clearly a video that I saw on the shelf at the video store as a kid yeah. like many other horror films that I have not actually seen. Uh, so that was nice. It was nice to be able to mark that one off and say, like, oh, yeah, oh, I remember that one. I, I, I've seen that movie cover now. So, uh, so yeah. Also, I liked the implication that maybe Satan was literally made of antimatter.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like,
0: that they didn't was, really explore uh, that, and I'm not sure that they were actually literally trying to say that. But, you know, that'd be kind of great if the forces of darkness were literally the forces of...
1: But then did that transform uh, Kelly into a creature of antimatter? Because when regular matter and antimatter... Yeah, yeah. See, that's why know, it doesn't interact. work. It's like,
0: that would be a... yeah. Maybe
1: it's a different kind of antimatter, because it was clearly underwater over there. And so, you remember when, um, on Seinfeld, when they're talking about Bizarro Superman, and Elaine keeps asking those questions, it's like, was he black? Does he live underwater? Maybe that's the Bizarro universe that's underwater.
0: Oh, maybe. Hmm. It's confusing. And I don't know if we're supposed to literally think, oh, well, the realm in which Satan's dad uh, lives is a watery place, or if it was more like, eh, you know, we need some sort of visual metaphor for the other on the side, on the the far side of this dimensional gate. How about uh, some water at the wrong gravity? Let's, you know, gravity to the side and water. You know, it's hard to know if it was like, that was really John Carpenter's bold vision of this alien realm, or just John Carpenter saying, this will work we gotta, we got to communicate we, somehow. Let's just do that. Can we get this, these actors into
1: a box that's filled with liquid fire? All right. How about water? <laughs> Let's do water.
0: Okay. That is a kind of nice uh, variation on theme, though. Like, you know, water is pretty much the opposite of the notion mm-hmm. of hellfire. So yeah. that's really upsetting some theology there, too.
1: Although in, in, in Dante's Inferno, Satan is at the center of hell and he's frozen there. True, true. So maybe maybe between the the hellfire and the frozen Satan, it's a, that's a thawed Satan we're yeah, looking at. Yeah, it's,
0: it's been a while, and everything's sort of like evened out. Yeah, it's, it's just thawed like, and lukewarm. It's, it's 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 like you know eighty three degrees. It's you know cold to the mm-hmm. skin, but you you get real comfortable quick enough. You know swimming around for a couple minutes. Yeah.
1: She's pulling him out, but it's a dry heat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, in summary, I wish people hadn't constantly been peeing Satan into each other's mouths in this film, but uh, but I, I I still enjoyed it a fair amount.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for all of the complaining that we did about it, and then our attempt to talk about good things about it, and then complaining for another half hour, <laughs> I did enjoy this movie. It's, a, uh, it's
0: complaining because I love like like yeah. it's it's yeah. I mean, you you can take a lot of what we said, I think, positive about the thing and apply a lot of that uh, as it pertains to Carpenter's movie making instincts. To this, like a lot of the stuff that did work in this, is the same sort of stuff that worked in the thing. Um, I think it just suffered a little. And a bit lot of front. the
1: stuff that did work also did work on the same sort of like weird nature that stuff that didn't work. Yeah. Like I think yeah. I mean, it was the it 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 didn't work it. it It didn't work exactly – like, the stuff that didn't work didn't work because it was, like, misdirected. Like, all of the dialogue. Like, if the dialogue – if the actual words that they were saying were slightly better, were, like, slightly written with, like, a more consistent tone and a more consistent, like, conversational style, it wouldn't have been as bad. What I'm saying is if the dialogue was totally different words, it would have been a better dialogue.
0: (laughs) Yes, the idea um, of people talking was certainly acceptable. Like, I don't have a problem with the idea that there was dialogue in the film. That, that that wasn't a misstep. I don't think
1: they go back with the word assholeish a couple of times. It's like, why is everybody you know looking at me like that? It's like, well, because you're being assholeish. Well, that was an assholeish thing to say, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh yeah,
0: <laughs> boom. <laughs> I, I for all my complaints about the cheesy dialogue, I'm disappointed mm-hmm. that early on when a nun was walking through the the s- halls of the school to find a. Uh, I guess uh, Professor Birack, mm-hmm. um, one of the guys. I think I think Blondie says to another guy, "What's this?" Or, or the other way around. And I was really hoping the other one would say, "None of your business." <laughs> and it didn't happen. And I, I feel like maybe it's possible that the film actually changed reality. The fabric of reality changed at that moment when I had that thought, and the film was like, "Really." Really? That's what you're going to come up with? Fine, I'll show you shitty dialogue. And, <laughs> and actually, before I watched this last night, Prince of Darkness was a film with much better dialogue, uh, but then I, I, I ruined it for everyone by uh, taunting uh, God, the God of cinema, who then used tachyons to change it. That's my theory. That's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. Do you have any other Swift, thoughts at this point? Well, Swift Runners. I think they're called Swift, Swift Runners, Runners in yes, this yes.
1: Um, yeah, No, I, th- I think that uh, the computer that was just, just pounding out equations with nobody typing at it What? What? that was, you know, uh, what's her name the red-headed woman's job and the, she spent the whole time just staring at a screen like pounding out really complicated uh, equations one after the other and then she's just like, you know, I don't even understand it anymore and she's still staring at it. I don't understand what her job was down there
0: I think she was in charge of translating the mathematical side of the stuff being taken out of the uh, book, whereas Lisa was in charge of translating the more literary aspects of it is the implication – because uh, oh, Lisa with, said she was great yeah. on everything except for the numbers that's and right so I think the redhead was basically in charge of yeah. the number side of things yeah.
1: with with Lisa one of the one of my favorite scenes of this movie was like after she's possessed and she's like at the computer like you know doing like the all work and no play thing uh, where when Calder realizes like she's in there he's like Mona Lisa and then he laughs at his own joke that's not really a joke it's just her name with another name in front of it that makes a different name um, but then he comes up to her and he like <laughs> he sees that she's typing um, I live over and over and over yeah. again. Um, and then all of a sudden, the screen starts typing different things. It's like, uh, what does it, it say? Like, the Lord Jesus Christ won't save you? Yeah, you is will not be said? saved
0: by, like, the... You will not be Lord saved Lord by Jesus. the Holy Ghost. You will not be saved by... will not be by saved the,
1: by the God by, Plutonium. Yeah. In fact, comma, and then there's a beat, and then all caps, in fact, you will not be saved at all. And I'm just like, oh, is... Are we getting witty here? It's... Yeah. It's... That was... It was... It was sort of like an almost like a shitty forum troll level of like Yeah, like a there. twelve
0: year old. Mm-hmm. Twelve year old discovering the idea of freaking people out with heretical statements or something. And I, I, that scene I, I feel like that's an example of weird character reactions in this film is like Calder, it takes him a while to figure out something is wrong. And I can I can imagine a scene in which it would make sense for him to take a while. Like maybe she's like staring at the computer and he thinks he's, she's just ignoring him and he only eventually looks around and sees the dead eyed stare. But he walked in the doorway. She is sitting there typing super rapidly, staring 45 degrees off access, unblinking at nothing. Like, yeah. you know – right away something's wrong. And instead he like tries to cajole her for like 10 or 15 seconds before he's like, Hmm, I wonder if something's up here. And it's just like, uh, yeah, it really does feel like some sort of mismatch between like script and, and, screen or something, uh, which doesn't explain much if it's, you know, Carpenter shooting his own script. So I, I don't know. I just don't know. Yep. Yeah. I think that was my, uh, my
1: last, you know, what the hell was going on there? Um.
0: Yeah. This. So we enjoyed this movie a lot more than it sounds. <laughs> I just. I just want to leave everybody with that. You could, um, you could. You could spend just as much time watching and probably reasonably enjoying this film as you listen to us apparently melting down about everything wrong with it. Uh, but that's what we do here, basically. <laughs> and I you think. know what?
1: Everybody was dressed funny.
0: Yeah. What's that about? It's like Jesus. It's 2014. Get a clue, man. So 1987
1: called. They want yeah. their clothes back to this movie, which is where you got pr- send oh, it. Send back crap. in
0: time with tachyons. Tachyon clothes. Uh, that's how vintage shops work. They don't buy clothes now from people who are getting rid of them. They send them back in time from – the no, forward in time from the past. Reverse tachyon clothes. Well, uh, right. we'll watch – <laughs> What, are we going to do something between... Uh... Yeah,
1: we should. Let's not... Uh, I, I think... I, I, I like the thing we do where if we have a theme, we, we do it every other episode. Yeah. That way
0: we don't get too... Uh, Fatigued.
1: Yeah, because... Yeah, so we'll do something next week. Um, I mean, next fortnight, rather. And the fortnight after that, we will do In the Mouth of Madness or The Mouth of Madness. Uh, something with mouths,
0: madness. Yeah. Sam Neill and mouths. In the Mouth of Madness. It's a in. mad, 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 mad mouth.
1: Also known as John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness. Also known as John Carpenter's Mouth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. So, yes. Hit the Facebook. Hit the Tumblr. Yep. Review yep. us. Rate yep. us on iTunes. Yep. And uh, we'll we'll figure out we're going to watch uh, next fortnight and make a post about it. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you then. And thanks so much for listening and all that stuff. Yep. Awkward pause. Yep.